just like a red, white, and blue phoenix rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship, we are back! And this is Salt of the Streets Podcast. This is Saturday, July 28th, 3.22 p.m. We're a little bit late today. This is episode motherfucking 24. We out here. Welcome back, everyone, to the Salt of the Streets Podcast, your one and only source for social political commentary on weekly news, pop culture, and sports built from the ground up. For people like you and me, the everyday normal person. Join us as we discuss life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and continue our endless effort to bridge the gap between people and information. As always, we are your hosts. I'm Colin. I'm Donovan. That's so good. That's really good. <laughs> Coming up on this week's show, we've got the latest and greatest from the reality TV show we call Trump's Washington. President Trump's Washington, pardon me. Uh, we're going to be bringing you some updates on the trade war with some contextual background information on tariffs and whatnot. Yeah. And we're going to get you all caught up on the uh, the sit down that the Secretary of State Mike Pompeo had with the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Yeah. But of course, before we dive into the heavy stuff, just a reminder, take a second to rate the show on whatever platform you're listening to this on right now. This is mostly for the podcast people, not the live stream people. But, yeah. you know, throw us an upvote there, too. Wherever you find it, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. If you like what we're doing, you want to help us out, all you got to do is jump in and give us a rating and a review. Greatly help us out, and we'd love you forever. Follow us on Instagram, at Salt of the Streets. Give us a like on Facebook, at Salt of the Streets. And follow us on Twitter, I am at Big Bird Offie. I'm at Salt of the Street. And then, of course, you can always get, uh, if you want to get in on the pre-show action, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Salt of the Streets again. And while you're there, don't forget to click on the little bell icon to make sure you're notified whenever new episodes drop. We're also going to be working on getting out full-length episodes of the live stream. The whole thing. So <laughs> look forward to that. Yeah. And now that I think I've fulfilled our legal, legal obligations... Did I tell you where uh, I stole that from on accident? <laughs> Steven Crowder? Yeah. Who it is? You told me that, I think. Yeah, Either that I or my brother Chad told me. I don't remember. <coughs> I listened to him on occasion. and Yeah. I haven't for a while. But I've been trying to do that lately. I've been yeah. trying to get on. Uh, I listened to most of an episode of Pod Save America the other day. Ooh. That was that tough. That tough, dude. Dude. Pod Save America is tough. I don't That's care what anybody says. Leftist propaganda. That is crazy. Pod Save America is tough. That is harder to listen to than Ben Shapiro. Mm -hmm. Like, than any, than even like Jason Stapleton, I think. Like, Pod Save America Ooh. is really tough to listen to. Harder than Jason Stapleton. I tried to explain to, to Tyler asked me this week. Shout out, Tyler. Um, Ty Ty. Yeah. Tido. Tido. Um, he talked to me about fucking the Shane show, dog. Like, he asked me about Shane show. And I had not even thought about that really? in that long time. Um, I'm yeah. not even going to shout out the Shane show because fuck Shane Powers. Um, Just saying. And so he asked me, like, how that whole thing went down. I'm not going to go over that whole story today. Ooh. If you're interested, if you have any idea what the fuck I'm talking about, you can ask me about it and I'll tell you. Read a um, blog post on it one day. It'll be a good one. There we go. Um, and so he asked me about it. So I like went over that whole thing and told him that like, now it's like, it's like, I'm, I honestly like, we're trying to make something that's almost the exact opposite of that because I feel like that's yeah. fucking such shit, you know? Like, I feel like it's not good. Like that's not what people need, especially the youth. Like it concerns me that that's like what the, you know, like that's what they're learning. And so it was like, I, I'm just not about that shit. Mm. Um, 
It was very interesting. And and so then I was telling him about Jason Stapleton and how Jason Stapleton is just hard to listen to. And I don't like it because I feel like he just doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, when somebody is starting to talk to you about privatizing public education, you know, and making it all free market. And when someone's argument for that is, well, if I have more money, why shouldn't my kid get a better education than you? Something is wrong there. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I mean, I get where he's coming and from and all this stuff. And that's not me saying but... that if you have more money, you shouldn't have the option to get a like a better education, you know, because then you have access to private schools and stuff like that. Like, that's where that would come in. But uh-huh. you think that because you have more money, you your kid should get a better public education than mine? Yeah. Because that doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Like, why should why should I be have access to a lesser education because I have less money? Like, that doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Because there ain't no such thing as a free no, lunch, that Don. Doesn't, and that's no, I fine. Know, I know. But I'm not saying that it should be free. But I'm <laughs> not saying that that it should be so widely distorted that you don't have access to something because you don't have money. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Yeah. I think he, from back when I used to listen to him, if I remember right, he, he kind of, he thinks of himself as a 100% libertarian. And he's definitely not. He's not. I think he's a. I think he's more of an ANCAP yeah. than anything else. Was an anarcho-capitalist, a, mix, a mixture of like anarchy and capitalism. No government whatsoever. Everything is handled by the free market, a hundred percent of the time, all the time. Which I mean, it would. It's a nice little thing on paper. Yeah. Because it just it would show that society doesn't need rules to function, or we we would you know, hold ourselves accountable. But right. I think that's kind of a utopic, yeah, well, utopic. In my right? idea, yeah. like, I feel like a good example is like a college. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you got, if you have more money, like if you come from a family with money, you'll have an easier time going to college because that barrier won't be there. You know, if yeah. you're poor, if you are in total poverty, you are not excluded from going to whatever school you want. You know, you have more boundaries, you have more barriers there Probably because you have less money, because you might not be as fortunate, but the, like you're not disqualified from doing that because you don't have money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's that's and what he think... that's what he's saying. Like that you should, you know, he his kid yeah. has, he has more money, so his kid should get a better public education than yours. I, I, I don't that, I don't think, I think it's necessarily crazy. a should. I think it's because he has the money, he should have the ability to do that, but. Well, I'm not going to argue against what you're saying because that's not – His exact argument was is why shouldn't up. my kid get a better public, public education because I have more money? Like that's exactly yeah. what he said. And to me, bad phrasing because <clears throat> I don't think that's the real libertarian point of view on that. Like I said, that's right. pretty much a hardcore ANCAP point of view on it. But Well, like I said, I'm not, I'm not adverse to having access to something better you know, yeah. because like I said, that's where private schools come in, you know. Higher universities, shit like that, that cost more money. Like, that's, you know, Uh that's what that comes into play. You have more money, you will have more opportunities. Absolutely. You shouldn't be excluded from shit just because you don't have money. Yeah. That's just... That's not right. That's how you keep poor people poor. Exactly. Obviously. Which is why we don't do that, which is why we have, like, the Fed loan program, this and that and the other thing. Exactly. But it's also why college costs, you know, more than a house these days. Because if the government's going to hand out free, well, not free money, if they're going to hand out money yeah. to anybody that wants it just to go to school, then, of course, supply and demand, if the supply is massive, if the demand is massive and the supply is not going to change, I'm just going to jack up my prices and everybody's still got to go to go to my college. Yeah. You know, you're still going to go to Stanford because you want to go to Stanford. It doesn't matter how much they charge. Exactly. You just hit up Fed loan. They'll give you a $60,000 loan. Yeah. Why not? 
Why not? But that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> all together. That has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today. But that's why we like doing what we do. Because it's fun to sit here and fuck around sometimes. Even when we sit and fuck around, we have these like semi-philosophical conversations. It's like sitting out outside last weekend, just barbecuing after the show. We didn't stop talking like politics and, you know, philosophy and everything. Talked about guns for a long time. We did. That's why. And and if you noticed, I don't know if you can see it on the video, but we're we're keeping your target up on the wall. I appreciate that. Mm. (coughs) So, I think. Yes. We talked about some mango. We're going to do the glorious... What do I call it? Reality, reality TV show that is Trump's Washington now. Yeah. So, namely, gonna get into some some of the bigger Trumpian kind of Trump administration news was uh, some articles of impeachment being issued for Rob Rosenstein. Um, do you want to start there, and then we'll talk about Michael Cohen? Yeah. So we'll just yeah we'll just kind of start there, and then we'll just kind of morph into like the rest of kind of the big Trump news. It's yes. all kind of one. You know, big As mob blob thing of yeah. yeah. Um, there we go. Excuse me. So Rod Rosenstein. Rod Rosenstein is the head. He's the deputy attorney general. Yes. Um, and because Jeff Sessions, who is the attorney general, recused himself from the Robert Mueller investigation, um, Rod Rosenstein. Is it Rosenstein or Rosenstein? Do you know? Dude, don't ask. I I always call him Rod Rosenstein. All right. But I have no idea. Well, I'll probably switch back and forth a lot of times during this broadcast. Keep it fresh. I can't tell you what it really is. So Me neither. <laughs> we'll find out because I've also heard it be said both ways. So, Rosenstein has been in, in front of Congress a bunch of different times to testify about the investigation and to um, like hand over papers. And some papers he has handed over and some documents he hasn't handed over. And some of them have been... Like redacted when Congress gets them. And so there's a certain portion of the Republican Party inside of the House of Representatives that wants to hold Rod Rosenstein, Rosenstein in contempt of court and for not supplying the documents that they want or not supplying them in a timely enough manner because they think that he's impeding the investigation. Right. Uh And. So they want to get him out of there and get a new deputy attorney general in place, Um, which, mind you, this would be the same group of people that think that the Mueller investigation is a farce and that it should be taken down. And so this all ties together. These two things tie together because if there's a new deputy attorney general in place, then they can fire Robert Mueller and it doesn't look suspicious because they you know, aren't tied with it at all. They're totally fresh and they just don't believe in it. Or at least they can say they just don't believe in it. But the reality, perceived reality, just to be clear, would be that the person that they would put up to be the new deputy attorney general would be somebody who is not the biggest fan of the Robert Mueller investigation and would do his best to end it. They would do their best to end it because it might be a woman. So, um, yeah, or somebody who have non. No, I'm not even doing that. <laughs> I'm not even doing that. Not right. even to play that game. Um, so oh. it's it could be a man or a woman, um, but that's that's the theory behind it, and that's why it's scary that that happened. Um, I don't know if you believe this. I don't think that it. I they've got to have two hundred something votes to to 
move yeah. forward with the articles of impeachment, and you're not going to get 200 something people. Well, first they to- they already tabled it, right? It's you not know. up for a vote yet. Yeah, they just like introduced the articles of impeachment, so they're just there. But they, oh like, no, they've the ones- already pulled them. They introduced oh, really? them, and then on the that was Thursday or Friday. I think so, Thursday. And then they pulled them on Friday. Wow. Yeah, they tabled them because, of course, you're not going to get anybody to no. pass that. You can't even probably get Paul Ryan to put it on the floor he to begin he, with. He said he wasn't – like, he got interviewed no. and asked about it. And he's he said, am, am I in favor of that? No. Mm-hmm. no so I let's, don't think that that's the right thing to do. Let's pause button a minute and kind pause. of just back up a little bit more. Yes. So, the, re- so <clears throat> the articles of impeachment – were it was let me see 11 house members filed the articles of impeachment against the deputy attorney general rod rosenstein on thursday so leading the charge you had two main players and it was a mark meadows of north carolina who was a member of the freedom caucus yeah and jim jordan of ohio which i don't know if he's technically part of the freedom caucus i mean he sounds like he he could be affiliated with the freedom caucus yeah he might but and I should I should look that up. He at least touches arms with them. <laughs> yeah, at like, least I mean he's G. within the same he's within <laughs> earshot of of them. Maybe not in reach, but within earshot. Right. But a couple of those guys they they had uh, I mean they've been making statements and stuff about what they're doing, especially uh, Mark Meadows. So just think about it, Freedom Caucus. Yes. These are the Trump, the hardcore Trumpians. These are the you know the guys that. Are, I think are his most staunch supporters. Yeah. Correct? Um, and so for them, just 11 of them to introduce articles of impeachment, I feel like they took a massive step. I mean, they just over overdid the, the chain of command or whatever. I mean, actually, no, I don't think, I don't want to put it like that. Rewind that. Scratch that. Well, I mean, um, they, I mean, you I there, can see where you're going with that because yeah. he doesn't have to be impeached. Like, he no. can be fired. And it's he's obviously yeah. doing an okay job because he's not been fired. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I mean, it it would be a political shitstorm if uh, the president was to fire Rod Rosenstein. Yes. Because it might look – it would have the perception of possibly um, – what do you got? Ob- obstruction of justice. Yeah. Or but then I mean, you'd have to prove that with yeah. intent and all that, of course. But, Same thing goes for Jeff Sessions. That's what, yeah. Know, that's what talked talk so one. much shit about Jeff Sessions for so long. Yeah. And now nothing. he doesn't talk to it. He doesn't do that that much anymore. Right. Uh, but anyways, so they introduced these articles of impeachment. And I am just left wondering. Ben Shapiro talked about this the other day. If these guys are kind of like the Trumpians, why did they not walk across the street, have a meeting with Trump and ask him to to declassify the documents they've been looking for because that's right. their big issue is they think Rod Rosenstein is holding back documents and all this stuff. And we did get a release earlier this week of the uh, the warrant that they they got approved. The FISA warrant. The FISA warrant for, for Carter, Carter Page, Page yeah. who was, if you guys don't know Carter Page, we, I think we talked about him a we while back. We definitely talked about Carter Page yeah. before because he's one of the people that's been indicted for the – yeah, he's one of the campaign. the central figures around this Russia investigation. Yeah, yeah, um, they, they they found out they've been listening to him for him for years. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, this was was uh, if you remember all the way back, I don't know how many months ago when uh, Trump tweeted out that like, oh, I just found out Obama, you know, wiretapped my phones in Trump Tower or something yeah. like that, and that whole shitstorm blew up. That was all relating to to this FISA war. Yeah, to Carter Page and the FISA warrant and all this stuff. 
And so they, the DOJ uh, released a heavily redacted version of that warrant this week. Yeah. And that also prompted, again, that was another kind of like, uh, it was like the last straw for, the, for these guys of the Freedom Caucus and these other members that introduced the articles of impeachment. Because they, they still thought that everything in there should have been, you know, unredacted and declassified and all this. So I just don't understand where is the jump from asking Trump, who has the power to either fire Rod Rosenstein, but it would put him in political hot water, yeah. or just declassify the entire warrant? Because it's up to the president to do that. He Espe- can do that if he wanted to. Especially if he's sitting around bitching about it. Yeah. Um, and that, so why would you not do that? Yeah. That just seems so stupid to me. I don't know what this move was supposed to do. It makes them look idiotic to me because they obviously don't know. Waste of time. It's a total waste of time. But yeah. Uh, you let's had see. to know when you put them up that it wasn't going to go forward. You, yeah. You had to know. Had to know. I just... I mean, even if you had every single rep- uh, Democrat on your side, yeah, which they won't because this isn't like if you were to impeach the president, they'd all sign on just for partisan reasons, but right. not for Rob Rosenstein because they he's in charge of the investigation right now, overseeing, I guess, the the whole investigation. But, um, but yeah, I just don't understand where that jump in logic came from, and. To me, it just does, it makes them look like idiots. Yeah. I have lost all kind of uh, legislative respect for these people, man. Uh, I'm going to have a quote here. Where did I throw it? From Meadows. Meadows said, right here, because this was after, it was. I think it was right before or right after he, uh, he put in the articles of impeachment. It said, Rod Rosenstein has been in charge of the GOJ as the agency has made every effort to obstruct legitimate attempts of congressional oversight. The stonewalling over this last year has been just as bad or worse than under the Obama administration. For nine months, we've warned them consequences were coming. And for nine months, we've heard the same excuses backed up by the same unacceptable unacceptable conduct. Time is up and the consequences are here. It's time to find a new deputy AG who is serious about accountability and transparency. So this must have been when they introduced the Articles of Impeachment. Wow. Yeah, but then by the end of the day, um, you know, Speaker Ryan had put out a statement, a couple statements, I think, talking about it. And I don't even need to quote it, but he just, he's like, we're not going to do this. We're not going to undermine the investigation. Right. Because what are you doing if you impeach, uh, you know, essentially the head of the DOJ as it pertains to the rest of the investigation, how does that not interfere with the investigation? Right. But I guess if you don't think that the investigation is legitimate, which I think by introducing these impeachment, this impeachment article, I think you're kind of showing your true colors to say, well, I don't trust what they're saying anyways. Right. I mean, you just you lose deal. all credibility in my mind. Well, it's the same deal. Uh, some of the members of the Freedom Caucus were in the, uh, the hearing, the Peter Strzok hearing, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's those same people that, uh, you know. They're, they're yeah, what's that guy's sure. name? Uh, Trey Gowdy. Trey Gowdy. I think he's a Freedom Caucus guy, yeah, isn't he? So, um, I'll fucking, I'll fact check that. Um, but, I mean, it's, this, it's the same idea. They're with, with undermining the Attorney General mm-hmm. or the Inspector General. It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. You know, it's. 
None of it makes sense to me at all. And it's, I, it's like, it's all bad politics. It's part of like the, that deep state narrative, you know, like that. I mean, that that's all that it can be. Just that you think that there are people who have biased, I mean, throughout the intelligence agencies and throughout Congress and stuff. And I just don't, you know, the administration itself, the Department of Justice, like, I just, I don't get that. I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. That seems like a scary place to live. You know, like, like, I mean, like, like in yourself, that's a scary mindset to live in. It's, yeah, it's like a conspiratorial mindset. Yeah. But dude, I mean, I mean, we've seen this a lot over like the last year and a half or so where a lot of house members and even senators and stuff can harbor some real conspiratorial thoughts. Yeah. But this, I mean, this is a governmental conspiracy thought that I don't think has any merit whatsoever. And just in the fundamental, just in the fundamental belief in that conspiracy, you're undermining a, our democratic republic altogether. Well, and these are people that were that were put into place during the Trump administration. Like, yeah, it's, it's not like there are Obama leftovers or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the, I mean, the, obviously the people that work for the FBI, but um, I mean this this guy Rod Rosenstein and uh, like Jeff Sessions and. I mean the the IG the uh, Alan or Horowitz whatever his name is David Horowitz David Horowitz uh, yeah I mean all those people were put in place during the Trump administration you know yeah they were all his picks that's weird so why are they now you know all of a sudden they're now they're the deep state I don't know yeah I, yeah I think it's just fucking crazy man it's just like that doesn't even run that you can't you can't even use logic to follow that. You know, it doesn't no. make any sense. It gets There's lost. There's zero logic behind it. Fucking two minutes of us talking about it, you know? Yeah. No. And I'm, I was just looking through here. I don't want to, I don't mean to be like off in another world, but no. I was just trying to see if Trey Gowdy's in the Freedom Caucus. And according to Wikipedia, which we know, of course, is accurate, <laughs> he's not listed on the membership, but uh, you'll never guess who the chairman is. Uh-oh. Mark Meadows. Uh-oh. Who was the former chairman? Jim Jordan. Uh both members of oh yeah we got to talk about some Jim Jordan stuff later too oh word because uh, I got a little bit of news on him I think we can have fun talking about word uh, but anyways I'm trying to think what else yeah I mean so the art of impeachment's got in place and by the end of the day, Friday they were tabled yeah. um, there was they were never going to get floor time there was never ever going to be a vote on it it That's was just a stupid move that went nowhere. And so if you've heard a lot about it, just know that it was a, a much to do about nothing. It's all bullshit. It is. You know, Paul Ryan had come out and he said, I don't think that we should be cavalier about this process at this of this term. And that we're talking about impeachment here. Um, number two, I don't think this rise to the level of high crimes and misdemeanors, which is a really high standard. So, again, to meet the level of impeachment anyways. So I don't think it had any merit whatsoever. No. Period. So this was this was yeah. strictly partisan. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's like that. Uh, it's partisan within the Republican Party. Yeah, which it's the, like the uh, far right is not a good. That's not it. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I think a lot of people would say, but I don't think that's what it is. I mean, you could say that, but that's not. I would call the far right more of like the Nazis and shit like that. You know, the same yeah. way that I think that like. The super far left is fucking Antifa, and yeah. I mean, you know, there's difference between like progressive and regressive, and then also like mm-hmm. the fucking deep left, you know. Yeah, and there's a difference between like Republican and like 
ultra conservative and then, you know, like far right. Um, and yeah, I think if I was going to just map it out, like on the political compass, I'd say that, you know, your freedom caucus guys are about as far right as you get in a legitimate governmental party. Yes. That's a good other than once that. you start going out there, then it gets, then you're out into the crazy fringy neo-Nazi territory. But yeah, for, for our terms, we'll just say right now they're, you know, they're part of the far right Republican, you know, caucus. Definitely. Um, still acceptable. And most of their views are rather libertarian and stuff, which isn't that bad, but it does kind of make them kind of does push them a little bit farther right it scares people like modern people yeah. who don't know that much about it you know because libertarian it really breaks down like people's rights and shit you know? yeah personal privacy and fucking you know personal responsibility and mm-hmm. stuff like that there's a really interesting guy who was on dave rubin a couple weeks ago who's running for governor in new york state who is actually running All as a libertarian uh, really good episode. Highly recommend listening to it. That would be legitimizing, I think, because libertarians just stay losing. You know, yes. like everything all the for time. You know, so reasons. Like, yeah. So I think that you know, were a libertarian to get into like a high office or mm-hmm. be at least like a legitimate consideration for president one time. Yeah. Like that would be legitimizing, I think. Yes. Yeah, this, this guy start to get their foot in the door. I gotta find his his name on here so I can actually. Have a leg to stand on here. <laughs> Gary but Johnson? No. He actually ran within the Liberta- Libertarian Party, ran f- to be Gary Johnson's VP pick. This guy that you're Yeah, but about. he lost by, you know, narrow margin. Yeah. But, I mean, within the Libertarian Party itself, if you even want to refer to them as a... <laughs> a well, they are a real party, but the problem is, due to the nature of what it is to be a Libertarian... <laughs> They kind of, it gets a little crazy. Libertarianism doesn't like, it just doesn't fit well with a party structure. (laughs) Yeah. It's more of a loose, loosely recognized organization, you know, where someone's like, yeah, I'm a libertarian, but don't fucking worry about it. It doesn't matter what I am. (laughs) Larry Larry Sharp with an E. Oh, yeah, yeah. Larry Sharp. I've heard that guy before. July 13th episode of of the Rubin Report. Really interesting dude. I mean, he's kind of eccentric a little bit but you could tell he's a new yorker uh but listening to kind of his strategy and stuff i hmm, he actually Oof. might have a a chance a shot uh, yeah at least just to get on the ballot um but i think he, yeah he's looking for like a i don't remember how many votes he needs but it's not that many because he went over some primary yeah, just to get your late your your name on the ballot to be able to oh. get in and like attend to the debates and stuff like that. It's a pretty low bar, and yeah. he uh, he was going over some numbers, and I don't want to misquote him, but I want to say it was something like seventy percent of New Yorkers do not vote for whatever reason. I think That's it's a lot. Yeah, seventy percent of New Yorkers do not vote. Whether it's for mayoral races or statewide or federal races, apparently oh, they, they just don't vote for something. Yeah. Okay. And so, and you know, for like the last, um, what do they call that? The gubernatorial race, the gubernatorial gubernatorial race. B. There's a, it's a B in it. Oh, gubernatorial! I, I swear to God, I looked it up. The governor. I, I swear to God, I looked it up because <laughs> I was like, it sounds like they're it does saying sound it with weird. a B in it. Yeah. And it's because they are saying gubernatorial. I do not know what the fucking deal is with that. I don't. Just one of those weird words that goes like. I don't. Yeah, it just goes plural when it it doesn't. 
There's some of those things. A B instead of a V? Why? Like, for what? I don't... There's no B in the word governor, so Because English. It don't make sense, bro. That doesn't make any sense, but yeah. Ask my native Spanish-speaking wife. Gubernatorial is a real term. It's (laughs) frustrating as hell. (laughs) It's funny, though. But anyways, I got off topic there. Um... I can't, yeah, what was my segue for that? I don't even remember. Larry Sharp. Larry Sharp. I don't know, anyways. Libertarianism. Yeah, I don't even remember. Well, I lost it. Whatever. Let's get info right. there. We'll get back into the, the reality TV show. We were off on a tangent anyway. We were. <laughs> party, so it's not a big deal. It's too much fun to do that. Yeah. Um, um, that's pretty much it as far as Rod Rosenstein because mm-hmm. the articles of impeachment got took off the table, got taken off the table, like you yeah. said. Um, but it's it's things like that that you should look out for. That attacks on the Department of Justice, uh, I mean, on the intelligence communities, uh, on people that were confirmed during the Trump administration that haven't actually done anything wrong. That's something you should be concerned about. That's a red flag, you know. Something that that you can't prove that they did wrong. Yeah. You need to be able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that they did whatever it is wrong. It's called innocent until proven guilty. And it applies to every single governmental institution that we have. And it applies to every citizen we have. It applies to fucking NFL players when they get accusations. You know, all this stuff. You can't rush to judgment like that. And that's another reason I think these articles of impeachment were so dangerous is the fact that I don't agree. I don't have enough evidence to make an informed decision on this. But... You know, I don't think that he's running the thing right, the investigation right. I think he's, you know, he's getting too, you know, he's obstructing our our investigation or something. There's nothing that. to back that up. No. But to be able to have enough, you know, evidence, quote unquote, to push forth articles of impeachment. I mean, you have you don't have a leg to stand on. And it, and and it can't. Yeah, it can't. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, 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 like it can't even be real evidence. Like your air quotes are totally legitimate because they can't even be real, real evidence if you only have 11 people or whatever that are willing to put their names on articles of impeachment right to put it out there. I mean, 11 is a lot for one like article, but but, but out of how many but house seats, 435 or whatever. I yeah. mean, yeah. So it doesn't. That's an insane amount. Yeah, it's it doesn't make any sense. No. You know what I'm saying. It's stuff. And I think if there's a moral to that whole this yeah. whole story is to me this shows that I don't know. I just don't I don't know whether to to chalk this one up to malice or stupidity, ignorance. Yeah. And I would like to think that the, since these are I mean it's it's the House representatives, so I mean I guess there's not a huge bar there. Um, to you know, to understanding how you know the deep workings of how government works and parliamentary procedure and all this stuff, but four thirty-five. Good God, Google. I am good. You are good. Brush it off. Brush it off. You're on camera now. You can do that. <laughs> I got scared for a second. I was like that sounds wrong to me, but that's it. It's four hundred thirty-five. And so eleven people. Somebody that's good at math, tell me what percent that is. Like, it's not that's very not, much. You know, that's <clears throat> that's not even that's not so one percent is four. So, 3% would be 12. So, it's like 2.8%. We'll yeah. just pretend. Which is... Not a winning majority. No. <laughs> um, so, so it's, it's stuff like that. You should be... They should, should be a red flag. You know, not that... Yeah. Not to say that those are indicators of guilt on the part of President Trump or anything like that. But it's things that should be catching your eye. 
Those are yeah. things to be looking out for, I think. Yeah. If anything, it's just, it's an obvious misdirect. If what they did was 100% on purpose, which, yeah. again, I don't think so. But it just let the investigation finish up, man. If you don't agree with it, call for another one. Right. Put new people in. But you can't just change out whoever's in charge of your investigation just because you don't you don't trust them. Right. That's not how this works. I mean, if you okay, we'll go ahead and we'll just replace everybody in the investigation with somebody of the Freedom Caucus, like Jim Jordan and you know, these people, uh, Mike Meadows and stuff. Mike Mark Mark whatever, Meadows. Mark Meadows, whoever they want to put in because they trust them. Okay. Well, now you just you've loaded the deck with all your people, and guess what? The investigation goes away because there's there's no there there anymore. Well, then you just you obstructed justice. Right. Congratulations, you idiot. But yeah, we'll quit kicking that dead horse. <laughs> Let's talk about Michael Cohen. Well, word and the tapes, man. Yeah, the so, tapes. <clears throat> so we talked about Michael Cohen a long time ago um, because I have it in my notes still mm-hmm. um, in. <laughs> fucking april um his office got raided and his house got raided and donald trump said president trump said that that by the fbi FBI, broke into his office yeah Yeah. um but they didn't they had warrants and raided his office yeah um apparently it was very cordial and all this good stuff yeah and they took a bunch of stuff and then the next week um that was when giuliani was added to the legal team Mm -hmm. um and he went on and he went on Hannity and said the president paid Cohen $130,000 for Stormy Daniels. Like, this, oh, was when, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is when Rudy Giuliani went on that tear of saying a bunch of stupid shit. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I would argue that he hasn't stopped, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he was – Giuliani was trying to show that that there was no campaign finance violation, but he actually showed that the president lied because he said that he had no idea. Like he never paid any money mm-hmm. and didn't know and all the stuff and blah, blah, blah. I don't want to fucking talk about Stormy Daniels for a long time. Please. Um, and thank you. Yeah. And then Sarah Sanders came out on the third. Um, that's uh, Thursday four three. That's gotta be wrong. Uh, anyway, it came out like a couple of days after and said that, Trump didn't know at the time, and that's why he lied about the money. Um, and Swing on a miss, girlfriend. Right. So, yeah, so I don't know exactly what the deal is with that. Um, but that's got to be – that's in early April. So you can go back and you can look at that press briefing. Because I listen to them. I watch the press briefings, and every time there's a new one. Um, I catch them live if I can. But They're fun. Um, right. So that's you can go back and you can, you can look that up. Um, but – and now, like you said, there's like tapes, right? That's what's going on. I don't know a whole lot about it. What just okay. happened? Yeah. So earlier to earlier this week, it was a Tuesday night. Uh, a recording re- was released of Cohen and at this point, it was candidate Trump, I believe, talking. 2016, uh, I think, right? Yes, it was September 2016. So I, he's yeah, he's got to be candidate Trump at the time. Yeah. Um, Not quite November. Yeah, because the story they were trying to cover up was in September 16th. So, yeah, it would make sense. Yeah. Um, So, anyways, yeah, they were talking and it is through the FBI investigation through this. We've discovered that Michael Cohen has been taking audio recordings of like all of his conversations with with Donald Trump. (laughs) Um, Which sounds to me like I instantly went, wait a minute, you've been a mole this whole time? Wait, pause button. Okay. That's my own little conspiracy. It's too convenient. Yeah, but uh, yeah, a, a short clip of one of the recordings had leaked out um, on Tuesday. Through the deep state. Through the deep state, as we all know. <laughs> uh, 
And uh, yeah, it, it was a short little clip of him and Donald Trump talking about how to handle this payoff um, for the Karen McDouglas story. Yeah. Mc- McDougal, Karen McDougal story, yeah, which McDougal. was another um, adult film actress who um, allegedly had an affair with Donald Trump. Allegedly. And she had sold her story to... Um, they mentioned the guy by name in the vid- in the recording, but it doesn't David. really matter. The our friend David. Our friend David. That's right, because they were talking all mafioso style. Yeah, I was like, yeah, my friend David, and he need needs to, a coke. Give him some to, coke. Need to set up a mon- uh, company so that I can pay our friend David. Yeah, it was the so that he's done. So Godfather style. Yeah. You can look that up. There was, I think they aired it on CNN or something like that first. Yeah, I think CNN was the one to originally break the story. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah, they're sitting there talking, and he's talking about how he's got to set up a shell company so that we can make the payment through it, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then Trump goes, well, why don't we just do cash? Can we just – I mean, you can't, you can't quite understand him saying that, yeah. but you do hear the word cash come out cash. of his lips. And Michael come, no, 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 no. We're not – you know, because once you do that, it's campaign finance violation from my understanding versus if you run it through a bunch of back channels and then cut her a check – through one of those it's not a campaign finance violation so what they're so what the this i cannot remember what the process is called so fact check um something in barry or some shit like that um so the idea is to set up a shell corporation right the shell corporation goes to the global inquirer whatever the national inquirer yeah whatever oh the the Parent company is American Media Inc. So they went to American Media Inc., right? Who is the owner of the National Enquirer and offers to, to pays them to go to Karen McDougal and buy her story. And then once they've bought the story, they bury it because yeah. they bought the rights. So she can't talk about it anymore. And they have the story and they're not going to talk about it because the show company bought it. But Donald Trump didn't buy it. It was the shell company. Yes. And that has nothing to do with him because Michael Cohen is the one that set up the company. And that's exactly what happened. And that is technically legal in America. Which super sketchy. Whatever. Which I mean, yeah. Only because he's a candidate at the time. Only because he's like actively involved in like a presidential race, you know? And that's why it's sketch. Because if you're a normal Uh, person, who gives a fuck, right? Yeah, and it's just a way to like keep you anonymity. It makes you a sleazy person, but like, you you know, I don't give a fuck because you're a private person. But when you're running for president, Mm -hmm. your private life matters. You know what I'm saying? So that sucks. But that shit's important with with the role that the president has in the modern day. Your private life matters with what you're doing. Yeah. And I think that speaks to the the true nature of who we're dealing with here, who President Trump really is. I mean, he's a sleazy real estate guy from New York City. Yeah. This is the way he he has always and will always do business. And so now that he's in a government office, the highest office, he still runs everything that way. Grab him by the pussy and stuff. Yeah, grab him by the P word. (laughs) Grab him by the P word. (laughs) (laughs) Sound clip. Um, But yeah, that's it got released. Yeah, that uh, that small clip got released on Tuesday. And apparently there are many more audio recordings. We keep calling them tapes, but I they're just there ain't no such thing as tapes anymore. Come on, people. Yeah. They got it. I don't know what you do. Record on your iPod or something like that. I what do you think, do? Do they still show like a picture of a tape when they play them on TV? I don't know. They I, I don't show. watch TV, so I don't, I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's not like there's any way that it wasn't really recorded like yeah. that. 
You're like Philly D always, he shows like the, the wave format, yeah. you know, like our audacity shit. Yeah. Just while they talk with remember, subtitles usually. Do you remember when they used to do that though? Like on the news, if they're going to play tapes of like a 911 call or oh, something. Oh yeah. And they have like the old reels yeah, going. And, yeah. And you can yeah. see it like spinning. Yeah. The stock footage of, of a yeah. tape recorder. Ooh. Yeah. I, so I wonder if they still do that. Even I don't know. They know that it's not recorded on tape. I bet you they do it on uh, on like local news, especially. Yeah, they gotta do it. It's, it's too nostalgic <laughs> to it's let cheaper. go. What are you doing? It's cheaper too. I'm sure. To use yeah, just use the old footage. Thing. Yeah, they've digital copied it by now, and they just splice it in. <laughs> just put it on <laughs> the green screen. Yeah, it's good to go. Oh, so anyways, tapes came out. And then almost kind of confirming like what what we thought had happened with the show corporation, what we just explained, yeah. uh, because that again, that was that's part of the Cohen story with one hundred thirty thousand dollars. And I don't remember exactly what episode it is that we went over that, but we have talked about all of that before. Yeah. Um, so you can even go to the pre-shows on YouTube at Salt of the Streets and you can, you know, find out from those. Which yeah. Which one, episode yeah, applies. Which episode we talked about it. And then you go on to going to you know whatever podcast platform you you find this at and you can listen to it absolutely we'll all about it and then you can catch it out of this um but but so that kind of led into just more michael cohen news because yeah. michael cohen is in big trouble and so he is working with um this is the bob moeller no this is a different fbi investigation right or is it? I can't remember. They so they cross over so many times. This is the probe, I think, into interference or uh, this is the like collusion with not collusion, but with the, the Russian Trump interference. Uh, no, 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 not Russian interference, but Trump, like with the with the campaign. Okay, so this is a campaign collusion investigation. Yeah, this one has to do with the campaign. The other one okay. doesn't. Just has to do with the election. So this is just FBI, not Bob Mueller. Yes. Okay. So that's what that's so that's how we should refer to them is one has to do with the campaign and one has to do with the election because Perfect. those are two completely different things, and that's if you have listened at fucking all to anything that we have said, you know that those are two different things. So that's how we'll refer to those two different investigations. The FBI is the campaign investigation, and the Mueller investigation is the Russian investigation. Yes, is the uh, election see, investigation. Oh, that was a point I was I forgot to make about the first part of the topic the raw rosenstein thing yes. is that i think this again shows that these people mm-hmm. that are so die hard to go after rosenstein and rosenstein whatever to go after him they still can't get the story straight they can't follow which investigation applies to what right and i think they're really kind of upset about the the campaign yeah the campaign investigation yeah not the russia investigation right although i think yeah, because they, they still, I think, but buy they, into the conspiracy that the Steele dossier was the only thing that gave them approval to get the warrant and all this stuff. And yeah. they think that was garbage. But I think the warrant they, they got was 500-some pages long. And, like, the vast, vast majority of them were all redacted. Right. To show, I don't think that's just the Steele dossier's 500 pages. No. No, I don't no, think so. No, because you've all they've all already seen that. Yeah, like, there's plenty yeah. more involved in that warrant process. Yeah. And I don't think you have to have that even declassified to know that there's a whole lot more here that you don't know. Right. And just because you're a representative doesn't necessarily give you the clearance to be able to know that kind of stuff right away. It's called, seek, you know, classified for a reason. Well, I also think that you're right that it's tough because the 
the Mueller investigation, the election investigation, has tendrils that have reached over into the campaign. Work, yeah. You know, because because Donald Trump has done some, President Trump has done some really sus shit, like for starting in 2016 all the way through to now, you know, continues to well, do even such before shit. before that. Way. Yeah. Continues um, to do such shit to this day. Yeah. So I mean, we'll talk about it more during the, the Pompeo hearing, but we know for a fact that just due to President Trump's real estate relationships over the years, he has had pretty close business relationships with Russian oligarchs and yeah. even, I don't know necessarily the Russian government, but a lot of kind of Russian money has been part of investments into some of his real estate endeavors and all over the world. And so that we'll talk about it later in the Mike Pompeo, but I think that's another reason why those, those, like you said, those tendrils can sometimes bleed over and kind of wrap into each other and make it so confusing. Yeah. Um, But the fallout from the tapes, um, that really hasn't been that much fallout. I think honestly, the tapes, when you really look at it, I mean, at the most, it will prove a campaign finance violation if they can figure out that, or it actually can't even prove campaign mm-hmm. finance violation because obviously they didn't just give them cash, right? Because that would have con- <clears throat> that would have been a violation. So they went through the Shell Corporation, which is legal, but it's still you just know, still garbage. Yeah. Um. So there's not really anything there there anyways. It's just, okay, you caught Donald Trump in another lie. Right. Congratulations. It's an average Tuesday. I think people are just hoping that, especially like progressives and, and, and lots of Democrats are just hoping that something will finally be the final straw. Yeah. They're, they're looking for that smoking gun. I, I'm truly, I'm, I don't know. I'm confused uh, almost as to like, I feel like if there was almost anybody in office that had done most of the stuff that Donald Trump has done, they would not be in office anymore. Um, but I, I don't know that that's the case, you know, because I know yeah. we have never really s- had to deal with it like that. Never seen somebody just act inappropriately like yeah. when they're the president, you know, because consistently because that's, that's what a lot of it is, you know, is just really inappropriate stuff and talking all the time and i just just a lot of shit that's that shouldn't be done you know but yeah. it's talk talk talk, talk. but it's obviously just, nothing yet has been illegal you know yeah. it's just all so weird and so abnormal that it's people are surprised you know and they're like when yeah. is enough going to finally be enough well that's where that narrative for a while came is you know we can't normalize this yeah it's like i don't you already did it's by talking about it every present. single day and you know i mean It is, this is the new normal, at least for now, you know, just based off of who's in the chair. Yeah, he's the president already. It's too late. Yeah. (laughs) Just got to deal with it, man. The moment he was elected president, it it was normalized, you know Uh what I'm saying? So. And I think, okay, so there was another kind of just going off of more and more Cohen stuff. Tell me. Uh, let's see, CNN, we had a report from CNN on Thursday that claimed um, this was coming from anonymous sources, which was kind of sketchy. But Cohen alleges that Trump did not have or that he did have knowledge that the infamous Trump Tower meeting with Don Jr. and Natalia Veselnitskaya. Ooh, Boom, nailed it. you. I didn't even write her name down. All in. Uh, I've just heard it a thousand times yeah. over the years. 
or the last yeah, what, couple Jr. months. Yeah, Don Jr. was there, and Jared Kushner was there, and Paul Manafort was there. Yeah. And so now Cohen is alleging that Trump did actually know that um, because it he was apparently around when Donald Trump gave the go-ahead. The report says that Cohen alleges that he was present along with several others when Trump was informed of the Russians' offer by Trump Jr. by Cohen's account. And so that's just, just Cohen's account, and he has no evidence to back it up. But it sounds like... Sounds like Michael Cohen's scared. It sounds like Michael you Cohen's scared. real scared. And because I think Michael Cohen's got some shit going on. And yeah, and it sounds like he's gearing up to cooperate with whichever investigation, you know, he's gonna be a part of, which probably is the uh probably the campaign investigation. Mm-hmm. Um but whoever it is, I mean, if he's involved in the campaign, he'll probably end up talking to Robert Mueller as well. Oh, but, I'm sure it'll <clears throat> It sounds like he's gearing up to cooperate and that that's got to be a nightmare for President Trump, for everybody involved in that. Anybody that ever had their hands in it, if Michael Cohen is is ready to blow it up, you know, mm-hmm. to give whatever he has, which is obviously some audio recordings and, you know, whatever he has in his office. I mean, anything mm-hmm. that's not going to violate, you know, lawyer, client, you know, whatever, attorney, attorney-client privilege, mm-hmm. whatever is not going to violate that, he's going to hand over, you know, if he's going to cooperate. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and I mean, I'm pretty sure he already has. And this uh, is just leaks, you think? Yeah, I think this is just leaks. And I don't know where it's coming. You know, with this whole CNN's really bad at this. You know, this was multiple anonymous sources. I think they quoted three anonymous sources on this one. <clears throat> but it doesn't matter, anyways, because there's no evidence there, anyways. It's just a he said, he said thing. Right. Um, just people reporting that he had said that yeah. he saw that. Way to go, CNN, on reporting some non news. There's no, th- there's no factual evidence to back that up. All you're doing is stirring the fucking pot, and it's irresponsible journalism. But well, and I don't think there's anything wrong with them reporting as long as they do it the right way. You know, as long yeah, as they say true. similar to what you did that this is, you know, this is unconfirmed. There's no evidence, but we have three accounts of it from different people that don't want to be identified. Like, you know, as long as they're clear that there's no evidence, I think that yeah. it's all right. But they don't do that, and, and that's they did. The problem, yeah, know? and I. I'll have to walk it back because they did put in the report that Cohen is willing to give this information to the Mueller investigation, although he doesn't have evidence to corroborate his story. So there you go. Boom. So, yeah, as long I think that's what I'm saying. As long as I think that mm-hmm. <clears throat> they say that there's no evidence, you know, yeah. and they reported the right way, it's all right. But they, I think a lot of times they don't. Then it's just kind of lazy. And it's not just point. them, you know. Fox no, News it's will, definitely Fox not. News will do the same thing the other day. The yeah. other way, MSNBC. I mean, there's all kinds of people that will do the same thing. Yeah. Not here, though. No, we don't not here. Shit. Uh, Friday, Trump tweeted out, uh, dot, dot, dot. I did, all caps, not know where the meeting with my son, Trump Jr. Sounds to me like someone is trying to make up stories in order to get himself off of un... Yeah, unrelated, I uh, mistyped that word, unrelated jam. And then he put in parentheses, taxi cabs maybe, question mark. Uh, He even retained Bill and Crooked Hillary's lawyer. Gee, I wonder if they helped him make that choice. So so now he's going to turn on Michael Cohen. Oh, yeah, it's on. He just threw him right under the bus. Like, oh, maybe... 
maybe taxi cabs or you know something like that and logos or coins or whatever they're called medallions the medallions like, so yeah, yeah that medallion game is a that's a racket too that's fucked it wouldn't surprise me <clears throat> the president he's just a shitty guy he is you man like, he is a, i don't He's I just a real piece of human trash. Like you, you know, you know someone in your life that's just an asshole. Like yeah. that's like that's who the president is, and that sucks. Like I don't want a president who's just a dick. You know, he like he's just a sleazy, just shitty dude. Yeah, like, I know I, a lot of assholes in my life. I work not, I don't work, but I have worked <laughs> with a lot of assholes over Word. the years. Um, yeah, I'm lucky that my job right now is, is, is pretty nice. I don't have any real assholes in my, in my work life, which is great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've worked with so many different assholeish people over the years. None of them have even come close to being this level of asshole. It's like, God, man, multiple affairs with like on your pregnant wife and like all this about it and I consistently like a pathological liar all the time about everything. Stuff that doesn't even matter. Doubling down on lies that don't oh, matter. It's just it's terrible. insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he tweeted that on Friday as kind of a retaliatory throw under the bus. Fucking uh, Rudy Giuliani came out. Uh, he recounted on Fox News this week. I think this was on Wednesday or Thursday. RG. Yeah. RG. <laughs> he said that uh, he started calling Cohen like a liar. He said, you know, it's like he's a he calls him. A liar. He lies like crazy. He lies his entire life. But back in May, he was on Fox. I think this was Fox Business. And he said Michael Cohen um, doesn't have any incriminating evidence against... Because this was back when they first raided his office. So what was that? April then? It was the end of April. And then... So Rudy came out after that. Once he became the lawyer. The 9th of April was when they raided his office. Okay. Yeah, then it took a time. It took some time for him to step down, Giuliani to get brought brought in on board. Yeah, it was like a week later, I think, maybe two weeks later that okay. Giuliani got put on at the team. And then he started making the, the speaking rounds, and like just you know that's what he was that's had that uh, foot and mouth shit. syndrome. Yeah, and but yeah, they they pulled a clip. Uh, I was watching Philly D earlier this week, and he pulled a clip from back in May, apparently, where Giuliani was talking about how. Cohen is uh he's a he's the man, he's an honest man and an honorable lawyer. <laughs> and then now he's saying he's he's lies all the time. Oh he's lied his God. whole life. All these people that I've ever known that know him say he's Stay the biggest liar. Man. Jesus. Like, really, Christ. bro? Really? You ever heard of this thing called audio tape? They're all pieces <laughs> of shit, dude. I know. All of them. It's insane. Fuck. And I think semi fortunately think that kind of wraps up the latest and greatest from the the latest episode of the reality tv show we call president trump's washington grand it's a mouthful it's a head full yeah and sometimes i want to smash my head against the wall moving away from the oval office we can move to mike pompeo which (laughs) still stays in the administration uh in the cabinet but out of the direct oval office uh, Mike Pompeo is the Secretary of State, used to be the director of the CIA and was a s- representative before that. Balling out here. Don't remember what state. Fact check. I will look that up Tuesday. Um, yeah, so Mike Pompeo, earlier this week, he went and testified in front of the House Foreign Relations Committee to talk about the meetings that happened between President Trump and 
and Kim Jong-un, and then also the meeting between President Trump and Vladimir Putin, because nobody knows what the fuck happened, because both of them had, like, meetings behind closed doors with interpreters, and then never really told anybody exactly what happened. Um, it was a pretty interesting deal. You said that you watched, like, some highlights from this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Kansas, by the way. Kansas. There you go. Boom. One of the things that I thought was, let's say, interesting <laughs> was how openly aggressive Mike Pompeo was towards everybody he spoke to. When I first started writing my notes on this, I, I was referring to his demeanor as defensive. Oh. And I had I went back and changed that to aggressive. Yes. Because he was very aggressive. Very, very aggressive. The first, when Menendez, right, when Representative Menendez started to question him, the very first question he asked, did President Trump tell you what they talked about in the closed-door meeting he had with Russia? And immediately Mike Pompeo got all kinds of uppity about, oh, well, I don't like... You know, the insinuation in the way that you asked your question that it's inappropriate for him to have some type of meaning. And Menendez said, I don't care what your predicate is. Like, I don't care what you think of the way that I asked the question. Answer the question. Like, that's why you're here. Pretty simple. I mean, it was a very simple question when you think about Has the president... Because, I mean, he did have kind of that, that preamble beforehand. Yes. Which... Could be taken a couple of ways. Because he's the ranking member, I believe, <laughs> yeah. of the of the Foreign Relations Committee. So he gets to speak. He has an opening statement yeah. along with Bob Corker, who is the head of the Foreign Relations Committee, who I have to mention, this is a side note, but Jordan would kill me if I didn't mention it. When he talks, he before everything that he says. And it's almost like John Pod Horrence. And this and this and this. And blah da 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 da. And this and this and this. Irritated the fuck out of Jordan. It was all that. And he's, you know, he's sitting right next to his mic. So, it's dude, I used to have a problem doing that. And I, I think it was actually in some of our earliest episodes. I was listening to him going, God, I fucking hate that. Yeah. I got to stop. And I try not to do it anymore. Well, and I do it sometimes too, but he was doing it literally before every, everything like new sentence he started. <laughs> you know, it was bad. And that was Bob Corker. Bob Corker. Okay. Well, I'm going to pay attention to that next time, and it's going to piss me off now yeah. that I know about it to listen for it. Yeah. Uh, so, Menendez, he, yeah, you're right. He did have that opening statement where, I mean, he obviously, yeah. he said that he felt like it was inappropriate that they'd had closed-door meetings and then didn't talk about what had transpired in the closed-door meetings, which I can't say that I wholly disagree with. Me I neither. I think that it probably should is something that people should know about, you yeah. know? Mike and Pompeo, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, before we get too far into that, I I totally agree with you that I don't think it's necessarily something that should have set him off like that. Yeah. And whether it was on purpose or not, he used that as an excuse to just be combative the Tear. entire time. But after he got done with his little preamble, it, he asked a very simple question. He said, has the president told you what he and President Putin discussed during their two-hour closed-door meeting in Helsinki? That was it. That's it. That is an easy it's it's both politically easy. It is a very easy, you know, I'm not going to self-incriminate myself. It's just, a, yeah. No, we talked right. about it. Have you had a debrief, man. You. Yeah. yeah. It's not that difficult. Yeah. No, he didn't ask you. I mean, he would have asked immediately afterwards if he would go into detail. And at that point, he can say no. Mm-hmm. You know, but... I mean, up until that point, there's no reason that you don't just say yes. I've had discussions yeah. with the president about what he what he discussed. Yeah, because it wasn't until I don't know, three quarters of the way they're back and forth that he actually 
said that, yeah, he was debriefed and all this stuff. And so, yes, he has a good idea what they talked about and all this. Why couldn't you just say, yeah, man? Yeah. Okay. You're well, you're already in your position. You're not looking. This isn't an appointment hearing. Yeah. All you got to do is say, yeah, it's part of my job to know that stuff. He just continued to, to defend the president's right to have private conversations, you know, which yeah. is fine if the president is going to evoke executive privilege with somebody that he's having a conversation with and then nobody gets to know about it. But he's not doing that. He's having a conversation with possibly the largest political ad probably the okay either top one or top two largest political adversary that the united states has right now that in china right yeah so i don't i don't think that that is unreasonable for the people of america or at least the people of congress and the senate to have some type of idea of what transpired in that meeting right Mm -hmm. whether or not they get a fucking readout you know of exactly what was said they should know what happened. Like they yeah. should know it, with two hours when it was supposed to be an hour and it went almost two hours long. And there's all this inappropriate stuff, especially, especially right with all of the investigations going on, you know, with the campaign investigation, like why would you not just say that so that you can just clear yourself up a little bit more? Like he wants to just continue to try and play victim so that, if something that he's making up finally happens, then he can be a martyr. Yeah. Like, I don't... This doesn't shit make doesn't sense. make sense, you know? I don't understand this. But... It's a problem. It's it's a horrible problem. <laughs> and it's... It, it didn't... It finally occurred to me, right? I'm, gl- I'm really glad that I remember mm-hmm. this. It finally occurred to me when I was watching this that maybe Mike Pompeo got chose because he knew he was going to be loyal. Because that's exactly what this is, right? This is loyalty. This this has nothing to do with service to your country because if that's what it is, then that's what you would be talking about. You're the Secretary of State. Your whole plan is for the United States to get along with everybody well and everything geopolitics to be cool. That's your, that's that's your, your job, job as the Secretary of State. For what reason? You know, other than you, you have... I'm not saying that he sat down with President Trump and said, yes, I will be loyal to you. You know, like James Comey said that mm-hmm. President Trump asked, right? I'm not saying that that's what happened. But I can see that there is some there's a loyalty devotion to me that I think maybe is trans like a I maybe I think it's overreaching his service to the country, you know, and I and I think Could that be. that I think that that's really inappropriate. And I think. See, this, it gets kind of gray. I think it could be, right? You're right. right. I want yeah, to be clear. It, it I'm not saying it be. is, but it, yeah, yeah. it looks like it could be, and I that scares uh-huh. me. Like, and and so, so here's a problem that I'm running into here. Yes. And when Mike Pompeo was saying that, you know, the president holds the privilege to be able to have private conversations with his secretary, secretary of state and not have that information divulged, that is very very important to me i think that's very important (laughs) but i also think that during this is the senate foreign relations committee yeah so the reason the senate foreign relations committee exists is to be able to have conversations and hearings around topics in foreign relations so that they can legislate from there they can bring that information that they get they can bring it to the senate and then they can actually create legislation based off of the information they're getting. Right. That's why these committees exist, right? That's why they're specialized. And like this one is a foreign relations because that's what we're dealing with here. But this is the kind of information to me, like if you're not willing to divulge that information, you need to at least be willing to divulge that to a closed door classified hearing. Yeah. 
not necessarily a public hearing, that's fine. I can, I can live with that. But I mean, yeah, we still need to know what goes on. I mean, the, the legislators behind that need to know what's going on. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's very reasonable. Well, and I, I guess I took it more when they're talking about the private conversation. I guess I took it more as them talking about the private conversation between President Trump and Vladimir Putin, right? Not the conversation between President Trump and Mike Pompeo. Because mm. I don't I don't give a fuck what he told Mike Pompeo. I don't give a shit about that. I care what happened in the meeting. You know that's what I'm true. saying? And that's what I'm saying. Because I can't we that, can't trust him to tell the truth right. to Mike I don't, Pompeo I don't anyways. Talk about that. Like I don't I care what happened in the meeting and that's what I think should that's what I think the people deserve to know. You know, and if Mike Pompeo can't deliver that information, that's fine. That's not any fault of his because you're right. President Trump could have lied. There's no way that Mike Pompeo even knows exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. But the president has a right to private conversations when they don't I don't know. I can't even say that. Yeah, because um, that's like I said. That's it's that's, a tough one, you know. And that's what I'm saying. We, sh- I don't think that we deserve to know word for word what was talked about. But someone in the government, even if the people don't know it, if all right, let me think about this for one second because now yeah. I've got a better handle on it. So I think that the president has a right to a private conversation, right? Especially from. The people, because the people, there's a little bit less stuff that people need to know that the government does, you know? Mm -hmm. But I don't think that he has that right when it directly deals with national security. Like I said, with the top one or two political adversary in the world, like the people, not the people, but Congress and the Senate need to know about that. At that point, he does not have a right to a private conversation because it directly interferes with what their job is, especially the Foreign Relations Committee, like you're talking about. That's that's something they need to know. They need to know the content of that meeting. And I'd be curious to see how how common this this whole closed door meetings between world leaders is. I don't you know what I mean? Because how often does that happen? Are are we making a big deal about this just because it's in our our view now and we don't usually hear about these things or do they just not happen that often? Um, And I don't think that it's I don't think that it's a big deal right like that it happened to me it's a big deal that we don't know, know about what it happened that's what my yeah. problem is that I mean, even with the meetings like um in saudi arabia that they had when he first became president and stuff we like we learned at least the bullet points of what they talked about right why don't we get that now yeah i mean i mean they were asking some pretty legitimate questions i think it was uh and i it was so bad the way that it was being asked but uh, what is it? Senator Tom Udall, Udall of uh, New Mexico. Word. Uh, he was. He brought up the the whole point that Trump's finances are so intertwined with Russian nationals over the years and oligarchs and all this good stuff. Yeah. That you know that they're. He wants to know the answer to these questions because he needs to be able to put that idea to rest that it's not that it's a non-factor right you know that that there's no there's no burden of you know blackmail possible or something like that i don't know you want to make sure you you know that the motives behind the president aren't financially driven right because opposition forces lord knows you can't trust vladimir putin when he says he doesn't have any dirt on the president you know yeah. there's, there's no way that that guy is gonna this say this is oh, crazy yeah, yeah, i don't have, have these yeah I don't want to get killed, so I'm going to stop making fun of Putin. So um, he also, <laughs> when when Menendez was questioning Pompeo, uh, Pompeo 
openly accuse Menendez of playing a game. Yeah. Like he's like, like, I know the game I, you're yeah. playing here. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that, that, like, you know, like we talked about, just builds on him being super unnecessarily aggressive. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, I got a couple more simple questions that he asked that he didn't get answers to. He asked if... Uh, if the Koreans had the same definition of denuclearization as we did. Yeah. And Mike Pompeo said, well, they understand what we mean when we say that. And then it's like, word. So, but do the definitions match up? Like, are they the same? Do they define it the same way that we do? Or do they just understand what we mean and understand what they mean? Mm-hmm. And what happens afterwards is whatever, you know? Um, and I think that that's a really important distinction that Mike Pompeo never made. I think he did... Did when he? I was yeah, he clarified it at the very very end okay. of it. He did say yes. They let me see. I got it right here. North Korea has agreed to do to denuclearize fully. That's what he. That's what he ended that kind of statement on. I think that went to well, another and, question after that. And that's fine, but that still doesn't answer whether or not they have the same definition of denuclearization. And that was the whole question. Because yeah. that's what I wrote down here is they understand our definition. Mm-hmm. And so I don't I can I'll definitely can go back and watch it. Yeah. I, I like think if he would have answered it directly, then I would have if you treat it like a word jumble yeah. and grab everything that he said throughout that whole weird questioning thing, I piece together that they understand that we're looking for, you know, oh, man, I wish I would have wrote it down. It's like no more weaponized of plutonium, uranium, all this rocket crap and all this stuff. Yeah. They understand that that is our definition of full denuclearization. And by the end of it, he was saying, yes, they agree to to denuclearize fully. And so throughout like this whole 10 minute long clip about this one question that's what i kind of got out of it at the end yeah but that might just be and you I, know my and take I, on it i do agree that he did say that right but when yeah. you're but when you're looking at at a hearing like this especially somebody who used to be a representative and then worked for the cia and now is secretary of state he knows exactly what he's saying yeah right he knows exactly what he's saying because he knows exactly what menendez asked him you know, mm-hmm. and that's why he said what he said. And so that's, I don't like to, when it comes to hearing like this, I don't like to extrapolate, you know, over like a whole of what somebody said. I think that the words that they use are very important. Mm-hmm. And that's, so that's what I personally hang on to is that he, because I agree, he did say that they understand what our definition is and they do agree to, to complete and full denuclearization, but is there's that middle step there that's maybe yeah. just two or three words. But when you're talking about, again, representatives and people who've worked in intelligence agencies, that dude knows exactly what two words will change something, you know. Yeah. In, in a bill, you know, or in the proposal of a bill, two words will change an entire everything. Exactly. From what attacks to a, to a whatever, you know, when it comes to Obamacare, changing oh, one yeah. thing from, you know, it's Ooh. just one word. You know, when it comes to the Hillary investigation, grossly neg- negligent to incredibly irresponsible. It's two words, you know, that can change something from, well, a slap on the wrist, Hillary, that wasn't cool, to send that bitch to jail, yeah. you know? Like it's – and that's what the government is and that's fucked up. But when you get to that high of a level, that's what people are hanging on to. Individual yep. words and tones and shit. And I don't think that anything you're saying is unfounded. Yeah. I think it all makes perfect sense. I guess maybe I just sometimes – Maybe I just I try to take it as a bigger picture, maybe, and just yeah, I could see that. 
I'm not. I'm not going to fight you on that one. That's, at all. I don't know. I just. Um, I put a lot of power in people's words. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's uh, important. Yeah, and that was one of the things that they talked about in this hearing was the difference between the president's words. And policy, because Mike Pompeo was trying to draw a distinction between, he's like, well, it doesn't really matter what the president says. It matters like what we're doing. And most of the representatives were like, I don't know that that's necessarily true. Like, if you're doing what you want, but the president is saying something completely fucking different, then how can we even trust what he's saying at all? And if he's saying that he's outlining policy and that's what we're believing and then different things are happening then like that's not the same thing, you know? And he eventually did have to correct himself and say that the president's word was policy and not what he was doing. Yeah, he almost got into it. Because that's like a borderline usurpation of power from the president the Mm -hmm. way that he's defining it. You know, what does it matter what he says? It matters what we're doing. Yeah. Well, that's that's not really your job, is it? Yeah. That was, yeah, you're right. I think he, he had to walk that one back. <laughs> yeah, he did. He, and somebody, I, I don't know, I don't remember which senator it was, but he, he gave him that one. I think and he was, oh, thank you, Senator, for allowing me, uh, I misspoke. I misspoke. Let me, uh, yeah. I'll thank, thank you for allowing me to walk that back. And, and <laughs> it, was, it was either Jeff, like, or it might have been Bob Corker didn't ask any questions. He reserved his time to interrupt. Mm-hmm. So it might have also been Bob Corker. He might have interrupted to say, let me, let me give you a second so that you can yeah. redefine that a little bit. Because I don't want that, you to lose this game right now, bro. Yeah. I, you're making a bad move. Because if he would have walked out and that's what he would have said, that's what President Trump would have heard. Because President Trump is known to watch things like this, to watch mm-hmm. hearings, to watch special announcements. To I mean, it, well, the New York Times reported once whether well, he watched like eight hours of TV a day, right? That, so I, I mean, like, I mean, he's got to just have a TV on, like, in the Oval Office and stuff all the time, you know, just watching whatever's going on or in whatever room he's in. He's got to just have hella TVs. Um, <laughs> if that's true, I don't, that's, you know, that's mm-hmm. alleged. I'll fact check, try and find an article for that on Tuesday, but um, I wouldn't doubt it. But um, it's, oh, if he had walked out of there and that's what he would have said, like, that's what the president would have hung on to, and Mike Pompeo might have been out of a job. Yeah, he would have been done. Yeah, he, there's no way that somebody with the personality of President Trump is going to be allowing Mm -mm. someone in his cabinet to go out and openly say that he does different things from what the president says, you know, because that's, that doesn't fly in this White House, in this administration, Mm -hmm. so. So, let me just run out a couple quick questions uh i think these were all from bob mendez menendez too um so did the president discuss canceling or relaxing sanctions on russia yeah and then again mike pompeo just spoke to policy he said oh well i already talked about the you know the policy in in my opening statement mm-hmm. I'm like, well again that's not what i fucking asked you no. like and I think it is important i i do have some of those policy positions that he did list I think it is important to know those, too, yes. because there is a lot of misinformation going around about how too. Trump is soft on Russia. And, it, well, maybe in his words and his, some of his actions, but the administration itself coming from the executive has not necessarily been soft. It's not soft, um, but it's not as tough as it could have been. Um, speaking strictly at this point to the sanctions, you know, they passed all these sanctions. Not all of them have been implemented. You yeah. Know? There are still some that have not been put for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, and representatives here asked about that same thing that, well, there are still sanctions that haven't been. Uh, Cardin, it was mm. Representative Cardin. He, he questioned why 
all of those sanctions hadn't been implemented. And Mike Pompeo said, oh, well, I mean, we passed the bill. I mean, you know, we signed the bill. And and Carter said, well, that's fine. But I'm asking why all of those sanctions that are on that bill haven't been put into place. Because if they're all agreed upon, you know, if the bill has been passed, then mm-hmm. why hasn't the whole thing been done? <laughs> put a post date on that check, baby. Exactly. So, <laughs> and I think let's that, wait till I'm out, and then we'll. There we go. And I think that that's that's not me saying that that they've been weak on Russia because I agree it's they've not been. That is that is I think a, a misconception. But there there are things that have not been done that have been agreed to be done that mm-hmm. somehow are getting stalled up in the administration somewhere. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think big questions too, like. Like you said, the sanctions, perfect example of, yeah. okay, so that's an aspect that, okay, why haven't they all been implemented yet? Is it is it a logistic problem? Yeah. Is that, because I don't know how these sanctions work. They're no. usually towards individual oligarchs that, you know, have business ties that somehow or other touch the U.S. dollar somewhere around the world. Yeah. Um, and I don't know exactly which ones haven't been implemented yet. I just know that there are some yeah. on that sanctions bill that were not that have not yet been implemented mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And do not try to fact check that because there is going to be that will take you forever to try to figure out what the sanctions are, how the sanctions work. Let's just trust on the sanction system. Yeah, we'll just ask why they're not have here. And have not been. One of my there. favorites, though, and this. To me, is something that I wish the whole world would have stomped Putin's dick into the dirt about. And this is about, you know, their annexation of Crimea and yeah. Eastern Ukraine. Right. How is that in 20... When what? I mean, in this millennia, you know, it's before... It was after year 2000. I'll be safe on that one. Yeah. How a country can invade, you know, a major world power like Russia can invade another country and annex part of it. And have really no worldwide recourse. I mean, is it just the uh, annexation is annexation is basically you're going in and taking over a section of somebody's country and now it's yours. You know, uh, Crimea, that's the way Crimea is right now. It's run by the Russian state. Yeah. Um, Eastern Ukraine is the same way. That's way puppet leader in there. That's a Russian. Yes. Or maybe not a Russian, but he is heavily in the interests of Russia. Yeah. And we actually are very heavily interested against that. And we're actually putting a lot of money and power into actual Ukrainian politicians that are trying to run. We have sold Ukrainians lethal weapons to fight against yeah. the occupation of a Ukraine. I mean, it's it's a it's an active ongoing proxy war yeah they passed, um, sometimes uh, hot sometimes cold they passed what's called mike pompeo outlined what's called the crimea declaration he said he he, mm. he couldn't or wouldn't break down fully because it's probably just a super long deal but he said that it calls for russia to leave crimea and this is a direct quote he said the u.s cannot and will not uh recognize the reported annexation of crimea uh and said that this formalizes the U.S. and administrative policy on Crimea because he said that, you know, we felt this way the whole time and this just puts it on Mm -hmm. paper. This is exactly what we're going to do, that we're not about this shit anymore. Um, And then again, the problem there is you need a president who is the head of that executive branch that, that has come up with that policy. It's his job to stand up there and, you know, Tell that to Putin and make sure to put him on notice and say, hey, dude, this is not okay. You know, right. we're not going to be all hunky-dory friendly. I, I And I don't know 
I don't know. I just get a feeling this is just the way Trump does business. Well, I also because I, he did the same thing with with Kim Jong Un. And I, I, but I think that it's important when it comes to and I don't somebody on some fucking podcast they don't even like talking about optics. Well, you know who fucking cares about optics? What does optics really mean? Optics is important because Very important. the people who don't work in the government that's what they see the yeah. optics. That's what they're looking at is how it looks from the outside, right? Yeah, it looks terrible. For other countries to look at our leader and see that, oh, he's going to meet with you and he's going to be super nice and he's going to bend over backwards and he's going to say all this yeah. good stuff about you and then he's going to leave and the U.S. is going to fuck you. They're going to pass a bill and they are going to fuck you. They're going to denuclearize you when you don't want that. They're going to, you know, be all nice to you with Putin. They're going to say, well, I believe you. I believe you. They're going to go home and say that they lied. You know, good they're going to back cop. it up. And then they're going to pass the Crimean Declaration. They're going to say, oh, fuck you. We don't buy this. Even though... He may or may not have discuss, discussed Crimea with Putin when he's in that office. But we you don't know. know. But Obviously. we don't even fucking know. And now just to be clear, I'm not trying to defend his his position on how he's kind of that that happy, you know, friendly, good cop with a lot of these people. I'm not defending right. that whatsoever. No, he no, needs no. to be strong with these people. Yeah. And I you know? think that it, it just sets dangerous. Sets a bad – yeah. yeah. It sets bad a, precedent. A bad precedent just for other people to be looking at the U.S., yeah, know. it's going to make other people not want to work with us. Same way, Theresa May. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, oh, I, I told her what she should do with the EU, and then she came out. She's like, oh, he told me to sue the EU. Like he told me that I should sue the EU. And I know what kind of how why would that work in in the UK's favor to sue the EU? The that would not that work out very well. Stupid at all. man, this shit doesn't make any sense. No, he's he's shitting on people and then being he's being fake. Uh-huh. You know, and nobody wants to. It's the same thing as high school. This is just big league high school with more money, more power behind it. Nobody wants to kick it with a guy who's fake. You know? No, nobody wants to work with a guy who's fake. That's exactly what we're being set up for. What time do we start? I was just looking at this. I think we've been doing. Oh wait, no, that's pre-show. Never mind. Three twenty. Okay, no, we're good. We're like an hour and twenty minutes, maybe. Good, perfect. I was like, are we running out of time already? No. Um. So I think there's one more point before we kind of put this to bed. Um, you know, I actually, before I even do that, um, I do want to list off a few of those uh, policies that Mike Pompeo talked about, because I think it is important to know that there are some good policies that have been put in place about this. He pointed out that and the, NATO, they talked about good shit that happened with NATO, too. Oh, they did? Yeah. Uh, Senator or Representative Rich. Rich. That was one of the things that he did. He outlined positive. I just, just mm-hmm. when we're talking about good things that have come from that, he outlined positive outcomes of the NATO summit, even though it, that were widely underreported because it was they were so focused on how aggressive it was and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And they had to do one of them was like uh, a, a thirty by four thing where they where they want to have like yeah. thirty platoons, thirty battalions, okay. 30, thirty ships, and 30 I heard that airplanes too. or something like that. Yeah. I heard that, and I was like. I don't know what the fuck that means. Yeah, yeah. I hope Don did that, but otherwise, there's <laughs> enough here yeah. I could list. Yeah, no, that has to do, and that's the only one that I remember because I didn't write those down, um, but they described it, and that's what they're talking about is uh, a plan that they have to have, I, like I said, I think it's 30 platoons, 30 battalions, 30 ships, and 30 airplanes ready to go in 30 days. I like it. And they want Although that's three by five, but that's cool. Oh, so then it's it's 30 ships, battalions, and platoons. The planes have nothing to do with it. Got it. And ready in 30 days. That's something they want NATO to be able to do, you know, because there's like separate NATO forces and whatever and blah, blah, blah. And And I think that's a good idea. Yeah. And he also said something about Senator or Representative Rich said something about. uh, Should be senators, right? No, these are representatives because this is the House. 
Okay. The house right. fucking um and he said something about people in NATO not paying their bills. And so Corker interrupted and he said, well, I want to set that straight, right? Because I think that that's not really the best way to explain what's going on. Because it's not like they owe the United States money yeah. for what they're doing. It's not how that works. And fucking Mike Pompeo just, like, was like, oh, well, yeah, there's you know two schools of thought and blah, blah, blah. And, no. Uh, well, really. He said, he said, <laughs> well, well, come on, man. Well, there's two funds, you know, and, yeah. and they're talking about like the general fund, which the United States does put an overwhelming amount of money into, and then they're talking about the 2% GDP and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because that's we're, the other fund, right? And that's true, but that's not what the fuck we're talking about. Exactly. You're just trying, again, to confuse people, and I think that's wrong. Just say that is correct. We're talking about the 2% number, and that is has to do with 2% of GDP allocated to defense with all these countries that are within NATO. Yeah. Dude, He's just dude, trying to play the game. Yeah. It's so stupid. It's bullshit. And that's what I'm saying. It's stuff like that, you know, that shows me just exactly how loyal or devoted to Donald Trump you are. And I think that's a problem. You know, I think that I it, it shows me and stuff like that, that maybe it's inter- it could be possibly interfering with the way that you're doing your job. I can I can see that. Like I said, that's a very legitimate point of view, I think. I don't think I'm necessarily there, but I don't think right. you're wrong for and, thinking And that. I'm not saying, you know, that I am convinced that he is, but I can see like a glimmer of like that looks a little sus to me that maybe yeah. it has to do with this, you know? Yeah. And so we'll just list off the, the, the other ones that I wrote down here. Yes. Uh, he pointed to a massive defense buildup, uh, which threatens Putin's regime, which I'm that might be what he's talking about, that uh, 30 by 4 or the 4 by 30. Um, see, he instructed the State Department. This is uh, Trump, President Trump, instructing the State Department to put together a nuclear posturing review, which has put Putin on his ear, which I didn't know was a turn of phrase, because ear. of its robustness and recapitalization of our nuclear program. <sighs> we kicked out uh, 60 spies. We've banned Kaspersky. From the United States, uh, which please, yeah, Kaspersky, I think that's the, uh, it was an antivirus program that was widely used and it was, it was found out that that's one of the ways they were able to get into networks and stuff in the United States. Yeah, it was no bueno. That's fucked. Um, They have put $11 billion into the European Defense Initiative and they have publicly opposed the Nord Stream 2 project, which is that Russian natural gas pipeline project that they wanted, which would basically give Russia a massive energy control over most of Europe. Yeah. Which is a really scary thing to think about. I'm really glad that we've opposed that. Especially talking about the Ukraine the way that we did, because that's how part of that went down, is they were supplying so much energy to the Ukraine. Just cut it off. What are you going to do? This is ours now. This is ours now. The lo- your local electric company, water company, just being able to go, no, screw you. We don't like you anymore. Click. You don't yeah. get any of that. Oh, and now we're going to come in and take your house just because we have all the power now. Yeah, that's, that's no good. But, uh, oh, there was one other point I was going to make, but that's fine. Oh, we can let it go. one other point. I'm I don't just, remember. <laughs> trying all. to stretch while I talk. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just busting you, chaps. The chaps. Oh, I don't remember. Had something to do with geopolitical implications always does but oh i think it was uh, yeah it's the fact that uh when you have a president who kind of consistently comes in it's kind of a pushover yeah and then 
you have the actual legislation and the policy comes out of it be really strict that's, and hard, yeah, that's kind of what like you were talking, talking about. about. Like that just sets up, and I think you mentioned earlier, like how can any other country around the world trust anything the executive says? Then? Or even take it seriously. Why? Know? Why would you? It delegitimizes the president completely. Absolutely. It makes he is it- now, all he exists to do then is to sign a bill in because if he's yeah. not going to lead the executive branch, what the hell is he doing there? You know, it. It's he's supposed to be the figurehead of America at yeah. this point, but and they're doing whatever they want anyway. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are we doing here, people? But it is what it is. It's the new one. I agree. And now we'll talk trade war. Deal. Dun dun dun. There isn't too much to this because it's it's been kind of ongoing, and it you know it's why. trade wars are very. Uh, long drawn out process. Yeah, and it's you know it's it's really strange to think to to think about because we put that label on it, the title of trade war, um, which you know really has nothing technically to do with a, a war. It's just kind of a trade dispute. And before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about some of the nomenclature we're going to be talking about, some of the vocab Ooh, in this, as in tariffs. What's a tariff, Don? A tariff is a tax on an imported good. Who pays that tax? The other country, right? That's they right. They pay that to import it into our country. Mm-hmm. And so if that's they... That's how a lot of states... Sorry, not to... Yeah, know, no, go that's ahead. That's how for a long time a lot of states made their revenue, right? Mm-hmm. It was just with tariffs on things that came into their state. They didn't... Like, people that when they couldn't collect taxes for whatever, you know, that's how they got all their money. Yeah, was, back when there was no such thing as an income tax. Yeah. Which before the 1940s, 30s? Fact check. Fact check. <laughs> Actually, well, well, you throw a little 10 cents into this at some point. I'll, I'll see if I can pull that up real there quick. There you go. Um, so when did income tax start? <laughs> but I want, yeah, I heard something. It must have been on Shapiro the, at some point talking about when they actually came into play. But, you know, the income tax has not been an American standard for very long. No. And before the income tax, how we got tax revenue was mostly from things like tariffs. You know, whenever a country would want to sell us something, we charge them kind of a a fee on all the goods that we import because they're going to make money off of us. So we're going to tax them a little bit. Bring that shit in here. You pay me some money. But the problem with the tariff, right, is what's going to happen on the back end of that tariff so let's say with China, we have a lot of imports with China. We've we've done something. I think over the last couple months, we've implemented something like fifty billion dollars in worth of tariffs from Chinese imported goods. So, on the second of April, China imposed tariffs on one hundred and twenty-eight U.S. products, mm-hmm. and then the following week, the U.S. imposed fifty billion dollars in tariffs on China, and then China imposed fifty billion dollars in tariffs on the U.S. And then on the nineteenth of june the u.s imposed an additional 200 billion dollars in tariffs and says that it was willing to do 200 billion more if china responded in an unfavorable manner boom thank you for the numbers but that yeah. is how a trade war goes i've had this trade war goes. for a long time <laughs> nice and so yeah you get this tit for tat type of uh okay well i'm gonna charge you a little bit more well now we're gonna charge you some more back and forth and back and forth but the problem is the people that actually feel those price differences is the consumer. You mean also like a farmer? Also like a farmer, Don. 
this is we'll get to that <laughs> um so anyways you get these tariffs set up so let's say you're going to import a thousand dollars worth of something from china they're going to sell us a thousand dollars worth of product well now we put on a 10 percent tax to that so now we're gonna have to pay a, you know eleven hundred dollars all right well now that thing that costs a thousand dollars is now coming into the market costing eleven hundred dollars and who's going to get that that price passed off on right it's going to be the consumer the consumer now has to pay an extra fucking 10 percent on some stuff because these two governments can't agree to to free trade and those companies that use those products have to charge more so they can make their nut yeah and so you have to pay more so that the company can make their nut yep so let's say you buy a what's a, a chinese car I don't know what a Chinese car is, but... Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> Hyundai is a Korean car? Uh, Kia is Korean. K- Kia is Korea. Um, Let's just know. pretend we have a Chinese car that comes in and costs $20,000. Look up a Chinese car. You know, and then you you throw a bunch of tariffs on it, and now that $20,000 car, $20, car costs $30,000. And now you have to pay that $30,000 because... The supplier that you bought the car from had to pay more for it, so he has to, you know, pass those costs off to you. And so now, with that base understanding of how a tariff works, what makes you think a tariff is a good idea? I, don't, I can't find one, right? Yeah. There's no good idea for that. But for whatever reason, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, loves tariffs. He thinks they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. He thinks that... Volvo. Volvo. He thinks that by Volvo is Chinese. Made, well, no, they make, made them, in China. they make them in China. I say Volvo is Swedish. It doesn't. Yeah, no, it doesn't look like China makes cars and exports them to U.S. Like Chinese brand cars, probably not buy those here. But they they <laughs> are companies that make cars in China and then import them back here. Is that funny? Like I know right off the bat, I would not buy a Chinese car. No, I'm no. sorry. And when I looked up Chinese cars, it said the four big brands of Chinese cars are this, this, and this, and they're never heard not of them. anything that we buy here. So, That's funny. Yeah. So, anyways, um, so the other term let's cover before we really jump into this is a trade deficit. Don, do you know what a trade deficit is? A trade deficit. We talked about this before. I think uh, so. Yeah. A trade deficit is has to do with how much money. Of like things I purchased from you that year. Like if I'm a country and you're a country mm-hmm. and I buy shit from you, but you buy less stuff from me, then I have a trade deficit with you because I've bought more things from you. Yeah. And so obviously then the only choice is to go ahead and just tariff the hell out of you <laughs> so that we can make up that difference, right? Right. That, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It doesn't have anything to do with our GDP. I mean, because if we're making money afterwards, it doesn't matter no. where the product's coming from or anything like that. It, so It doesn't matter at all. Yeah. The only difference between having an untariffed free trade and a tariffed free trade is that shit just costs less. Right. Because the government's not getting their cut as much as they would just from the normal income tax and the regular sales tax and all the other taxes that we have. So... Trade deficits, let's just do, we'll do the old Ben Shapiro analogy because I think it's really perfect and simple for everybody to pick up. You go to the grocery store, you go to the grocery store and you buy groceries. You spend $100 on groceries for your family. You know how, have, now you have a trade deficit with your grocery store for $100. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't buy $100 worth of stuff from you. And so now you have a trade deficit with them. The only thing is you got something out of that trade deficit. 
And because America doesn't manufacture things like we used to, we have to import a lot of consumables. Right. Hence, we have trade deficits all over the world. And if we were to become another manufacturing, you know, hub, we would we could probably level out some of those things. But for whatever reason, we can't. We don't do that. The manufacturing in the U.S. is very, very limited. Cost money. Yeah, it costs money, and it's regulated to hell, which I think has driven a lot of manufacturing out of the country. Like the automobile industry is another. It's a perfect example of that. Yeah, I don't know. I would have to look at the regulations before I agreed with that because they're like. They're fucking safety regulations, you know. I'm I'm in favor of safety if it keeps people from dying, but that's but true. I, but I don't know. So that it depends on the you know. Yeah, I'm, but I'm it depends on why. Be, right. I'm not willing to be automatically against mm-hmm. you know too much regulation because I'd like to try and assume that the rule was put there for some type of reason. You know, yeah. they're not always. I that we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Right. That's right. I try. You know, I have a really bad habit of saying no. Fuck the government. No regulation. And cap all the... Never mind. I'm just going to... I'm just joking. <laughs> so anyways, to bring this whole trade talk into flourishing here, bring it up to a contemporary issue. Wednesday, President Donald Trump met with the European Commission President Jean-Claude Wait, we Juncker. We didn't talk about soybeans first. We didn't talk China. about soybeans? No, because... We talked about products, but one of the things that <gasps> China stopped buying from America is soybeans. This and, is true. Right? And so this, this all... So this, this ties do, in perfectly. Right, because this is going to tell you two ways that this affects you, right? Two ways that these tariffs affect you. Because the first way, the tariffs, it's just going to cost you more money at the store. Like things that, that are imported from China are going to cost you more money. Just about everything is imported from China. Yep. Right? Um, second of all, right? One of the things that they stopped buying from us largely was soybeans. And they're like, our number one exporter of soybeans is to China, right? So now we have all these soybeans that aren't worth dick that all these farmers have grown, right? Mm-hmm. And so now they, what, a $12 billion, uh, like a, I don't know the deal. I think, yeah, it's, I think that it's 12, I will fact check that, but I am pretty sure that it is $12 billion of, um, soybean like exports. No, 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 nope, nope. The amount of money that is going to give to the, oh, yeah, yeah. Just subsidy of, uh, yeah, 12 some, 12 point something billion dollars. And there's another name for it too, um, that like you would call it like they called it that when it had to do with the banks, right? Not a bailout, but another thing that is like a subsidy, mm-hmm. but but has a slightly different name. Um, it doesn't particularly matter, but that was the word that I really wanted to use. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so because they we have all these farmers now that have soybeans that aren't worth any money, they have had to pass twelve billion dollars worth of like of money to go into the farmers to pay people who are being affected by the tariffs. And that money has to come from somewhere and it's not going to be a pro. I mean, Congress is not happy about it. So, Mm-mm. I mean, if there, it's going to be really hard for that money to get passed through just on a budget, you know. And so I don't know where that money is going to come from, but it's already been pledged to do it. So, I, you know, I don't know exactly what exactly where that's going to come from. Yeah, but, it's um, yeah, I was trying to find the word that you were looking for, but it's. A kind of play off the old um, Depression era FDR Agricultural Adjustment Act in which, I mean, this was a point at which, I mean, you had people starving all across America, but due to, you know, problems in trade again, we had massive amount of food that was not able to go to market. 
due to the fact that we can't export it. And for whatever reason, we can't sell it off to, you know, within the country. And so, you know, back in the mid and late thirties, I mean, you had farmers burning what is essentially what would become food for the Americans because we couldn't export it and make money off it. And so to do that, the government told them you can't sell it into a local market. And hence we will give you a subsidy to make up the difference. Yeah. And that's it's the same kind of workaround that they're trying to do here is which has been largely shat on by conservatives because you are correct, it is large government FDR type spending yeah. spending that people were not in favor of when the World War Two came around. But what else are you gonna do or else your country's gonna fall apart at that time? Yeah, not at right the now. time. Um, but um it's it's the word is I'm sorry I'm stuck on this, but it's it's all it's like supplementation almost, but it's like if like I feel like though it's mostly used with companies, right? If you're mm-hmm. trying to save a company, you like smash a bunch of money into it. Um, and but I just cannot remember what the fuck the word is. Yeah, uh, it's like an investment from the government. Yes. Yeah. And it's so you it technically wouldn't be a subsidy then, right. but it, it's something. Yeah, it's right along that line. There's a word for it, and I just can't remember what it is. You're gonna remember it as soon as we hit the stop button. I'm gonna tweet about it. Um, (laughs) But so that's two ways that that's gonna affect you. Because not only are things gonna cost you more money if the tariffs and this trade war keeps going, but now they're having to subsidize for lack of the word that I want. um, Subsidize farmers for the money that they're losing with the tariffs. You know, it's costing you on two ends. So. And we might have a little relief on that front. Like I said, due to this meeting. Yeah, doing, having this meeting with the European Commission President Jean-Claude Juncker of the EU. Because I took took notes on that too. Yeah, and see, this is important because we don't know, again, we don't know this pure, we don't know the end of what came out of this deal. We don't have anything in black and white yet. There's nothing, there's no... You know, legislating written around it or anything like this, but the there's apparently huh? the, the EU deal is what you're yes. talking about. Yes, yeah. And there's essentially a handshake deal that was made, and the EU agreed to increase purchases of U.S. soybean imports, Services? which would help decrease oh and decrease industrial tariffs. Yeah. Services, chemicals, pharmaceuticals, and soybeans. There you go. Were big things. And then I put in parentheses China. <laughs> yes. And so see China for why they're buying more soybean soybeans. Straight yes. and also to Yeah, what you said to release uh other types of sanctions. What type of sanctions? Oh the uh to decrease industrial tariffs. There you go. That was yeah, another that's part of tariffs. their you know, their handshake deal agreement, which again could mean absolutely nothing until I see something in black and white in form of some kind of act or trade agreement yeah. or legislation. Also, it means nothing. Also, more liquefied natural gas, right? Yes, and that that matters because, like we said, President Trump was talking about the dependency for. That's energy the, that they have on Russia, that the EU has on Russia. Um, and yeah. so this is to kind of help curb them away from that and maybe lean them a little bit more towards the United States, which I don't yeah. think is a bad thing at all, which also no. will give us more money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, an- you know, it's another revenue stream that we can get. And it simultaneously kind of shits on that, that what I was talking about earlier, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline yeah. project. And it kind of helps shit on Russia a little bit there, which is good because they continue – to, they just continue to try to get more and more power over Europe. And whatever we can do as an adversarial force that we are is to try to have 
better trade relations with Europe and yeah. have them be more, more reliant on us. Because, I mean, we're America. We're the, be- we're the benevolent leaders of the world, right? And if we're going to be, I mean, if we're going to be, like, mining natural gas and shit, then we should be getting rid of it. I mean, we should be selling it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that will, I don't know. Anything, Not like our oil where we just stockpile. I mean, anything to anything to make gas less expensive. I know the natural gas isn't gasoline, but yeah. anything. Anything to make gasoline less expensive. Um, but, yeah, so they talked about doing that. Um Ease trade, reduce bureaucratic obstacles, and slash cost dramatically. Um, that's one of the goals. Um, and when it comes to the the natural gas thing, they want to strengthening strategic cooperation in regards to the enemy. And they're talking about Russia, obviously, yeah. right? That's a throw to that. Um, they said that they were going to look to protect companies when they're talking about trade of their place. And they said specifically, specifically intellectual property theft, forced technology transfers. Um, and those are things that China is like infamous for, you know, forcing people to, to, I mean, taking people's things, you know, I mean, they're, they're like the number one country in corporate espionage like in the world you know stealing Uh company secrets and doing shit like that uh i mean they force people to like do copyrights and shit like that in china instead they have a weird copyright deal where like americans can't have copyrights there or some shit like that Uh super strange so they do a lot of shit like that that just fucks people out of inventions and stuff that they make there yeah that's how they've become the the powerhouse mm -hmm. that they are today over such a short period of time they've exploded it's because of industrial and technological espionage it's yeah. not i mean it's not like governmental spying it's yeah. it's almost even worse than that but at the same time maybe it would spread prosperity throughout the world a little bit better it might be a little bit better but it also might be one of those double-edged swords that now another adversarial power is has just become much more stronger on the right. global scale um, but I did see this report um, today. I was just thumbing through some stuff before the show from routers that was saying that Congress had quietly behind closed doors and um, what is the word I'm looking for? Not anonymously. Not substantially. Unit, unit, uh, whatever. Unilat- Altogether. Unilaterally. unilaterally. Yes, unilaterally. thank you. Good God. What is wrong with me again? I can't say my words anymore. You always pick um, tough ones. Yeah, right. I try to sound like I have a better vocabulary than I do. <laughs> That's actually not true. I just try to use more and more, you know, bigger, more precise Diverse words. Diverse language. Yeah. I try to grow my vocabulary, which means you got to try and fail a lot. Yeah. But anyways, Congress apparently came together and passed the miscellaneous tariffs bill, which lowered tariffs on roughly 1600 and 60 items. That's even more than that. They eliminate tariffs on toasters, chemicals, and roughly 1,660 other items made outside the United States. And so that's good. So it looks like Congress actually tried to take some action on there, and they voted unilaterally. There you go, baby. Boom. There you go. On that, and I guess they got that passed. So we'll have to... I mean, I think that just happened a couple days ago, so we'll just kind of have to see how that plays out. Yeah. And uh, hopefully that could help ease some tension because I just – why the president of the United States has power over trade as directly as he does is disgusting. Not good. No, it's not good. That's why we have this perception that the the president goes out there and says a bunch of stuff and then the Congress and the rest of us just do other stuff. You know, we actually pass, you know, other kind of opposing legislation sometimes. Yeah. 
But that's kind of where I'm at on the trade war. That's kind of the most up-to-date stuff I've heard. You were talking about the handshake deal, and he said, this is a quote, while we're working on this, we will not go against the spirit of this agreement unless either party terminates the negotiation. Beautiful. So that's what they said, that they're just going to go by what they outlined here until they have something written out, and then they'll, then they'll figure sign it, out. it, and they'll go there, and everything will be cool as long as everybody plays by the rules. I like it. So, but, you know, like we said, it's... It, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's exactly what's going to happen when it comes to the policy that comes out, you know, which can be confusing for everybody, especially when we're doing large fucking trade deals like this, you know, that yeah. that's, that's dangerous. So, yeah, because I think a lot of this goes back to once when Trump first got in the office, it was the whole, you know, dismantling the PPP or the TPP. TPP yeah. TP, Trans Pacific Partnership. Partnership. It's the TPP. TPP. There we Thank you. The PPP. <laughs> the PPP. PPP. Uh, but yeah, he, he just he pulled out of the, the TPP and you know started talking all <laughs> this shit on all the trade deals we have. And now he's out there trying to make trade policy by himself. Yeah, through executive action. And I it's no hate good. that, and it's disgusting. Yeah, the broadening of executive power. Oh, I know you're not a fan. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. Things are not supposed to happen this fast in government, people. Yeah. Because you get dumbasses. <laughs> you get dumbasses that sit in there and think something's a great idea and they pass and they screw up, screw over the whole nation for a long time. We should think carefully about every single step we take as a nation. Yeah. You know, geopolitics is not something that you could just get a good eye on walking into the office after a couple weeks. You, I mean, this is a lifetime dedication that you need to put into something like this. And you have to have advisors that are as dedicated, more dedicated than anyone else on the globe into learning the ins and outs and all the details of all these intimate relationships between nations. And the minute you get in there, it's like, oh, well, this is bullshit. We got to pull the plug on this, this is a bad deal. That's a bad deal. You're a bad deal, man. <laughs> You're a Don't bad do deal. This. Like, let's sit down. Let's... Give me a list of bullet points of what's bad about this. Okay, so let's look at the cons about this. Now let's see what happens to geopolitics when we strip all those away. What happens? Oh, it, the world goes to shit and now all of a sudden we we have to get in trade wars and tariffs get put on everybody and then I got to pay the bill for your dumb ass? Right. Screw you. Screw you. I'm out. <laughs> Peace. That's it. Coffee's done with trade. Oh, fucking trade wars piss me off. Yeah. No, really that's- easy to start. And really, really hard to get out of. They also said that they would resolve steel and aluminum issues and resolve retaliatory tariffs. So, Thank you. But those that's the last thing I got. That's Good. all my notes. Uh, so that's all I have. I'm we tired can, of getting angry. Yeah, no, we can move on to pop culture, political type stuff now. Yeah. Because that's what I was thinking just now. Pop culture is not always pop culture. It's really just shit that's not political. But that's I think actually, pop culture is a good <laughs> right? way to put that. Um, so I got like a couple of things. Oh, just a funny thing that my wife said to me. She told me the other day. That she thinks that we're meant to be together cosmically. Which, cosmically? Yeah. Which I thought that feels was powerful. Um, really funny. That is. Um, but I, like I enjoyed it. that a lot. And I thought that, I thought that you would too. I'm not going to say no. Yeah. I'm not going to say I and disagree with that. So I'm pretty sure that she's watching right now. So baby. Hi, Jordan. There you go. Um, and also my sister-in-law. Have you ever heard of like, well, so people like pump like breast milk right mm-hmm. you ever ever heard of some people like doing it by hand no like or, a cow <laughs> <laughs> <It worked. laughs> so 
the other day. I didn't and know I, that was possible. I told her I was going to talk about this, so she already knows. But my sister-in-law came over to my house, I think, maybe just yesterday. Okay. Uh, no, it had to be Thursday because we went to the meeting. Um, and she just had a baby Kev, right? Like, just like a couple months ago. And... Um, she had forgot her breast pump at her house and did not have baby Kev with her and sat in my living room and pumped breast milk by hand into a Ziploc bag, dog. <laughs> I mean, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> it was it was like one of the most weirdest things I've ever been involved with. Like I, I did I, not like involved with, you know, but yeah. like been around in my whole life. It <laughs> was really strange and then she told me that some women just do it by hand all the time hmm. and i was like that just sounds like a fucking hassle dude like yeah just sounds like a lot of work i mean her. i have never dealt with uh <laughs> you know maternal lactation yeah but you know, at least in humans but with cows i mean i've done i've done the the squeezing of the udders yeah. more than a few times throughout my life it's a different technique i guess I would sure hope because yeah. it's not gentle, it's... but I mean it's kind of, it's kind of gentle. But I mean, you gotta get up in there and you gotta you gotta put in some work. But with the amount of raw milk that you get at, from milking a cow, I mean it takes a long time to get any substantial amount of milk there, man. I can't this imagine what it's was, like on. It was the same. That's the same rule applies to, Ugh, to humans. That just seems painful, man. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was. It was funny, man. I bet she won't forget again. It was. I, you know, I don't think so. I don't think that she really enjoyed the experience. Like, it didn't seem like it was wholly negative because we were all kind of laughing the whole time. Yeah. But. um, It's just kind of like, man, that sucks. Right. But you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, it was it was pretty funny. That is fucking hilarious, man. (laughs) Um, And then. Um, I think in like real pop culture, let me go back down to the bottom of my fucking things. Do you have anything about Ariana Grande? Um, not Ariana Grande, Demi Lovato. Oh yeah, that's uh, who it was, Demi Lovato. <laughs> I don't know. I don't follow that's that. That's who you music, were going to talk man. about. I'm not into Demi that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that she had overdosed. Um, they originally said that it was on heroin, and then later said that it wasn't on heroin but i haven't checked since then I so know. i don't know what it really was yeah, last thing i heard something. is they were just the family had come out and said hey we're we're trying to keep this private we'd appreciate Which, our privacy you know i don't there was like a lot of mixed reactions you know people who were like coming out in support of like what had happened and then other people who were like she's a fucking drug addict like why are you like supporting whatever and i mm-hmm. can go either way you know i mean that's her that's like that's her own deal if she wants to do drugs but at the same time, excuse me, by that same logic, like, that's your own fucking jam that you overdosed because you decided to do these drugs. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily feel bad because you made this decision, you know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's callous, but that's just that's just kind of how I feel right off the bat. Like, that's you made that choice, you know. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I can do about that. You can't force somebody to get clean. And if she doesn't want to be clean, then she's not going to be, you know. Yeah. So And, I mean, people like that. And getting making that choice to say go to rehab and get clean and stuff, that's not it's never an easy decision for anybody to take to make, you know. Um and I can see how somebody in her position, one of the biggest hurdles for getting help like that is usually money and opportunity, you know. Well, Jamie Lovato has money. And that's what I'm saying. Like that doesn't yeah. that situation doesn't apply to her. And so I think she may have been to probably a mental 
because um, she's battled addiction for like a while. So she, I a think while? that she may have been in rehab before. Yeah. Um, fact check because I don't know if that's the truth or not. But I know that she's like I said that she's battled addiction prior to this. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. And at that point, I I would look to her friends and family and say, Hey, it's your fucking job to get somebody help like that if they're in your circle like that. Yeah. And they're spiraling out of control. I mean, you have to do what you can to try to get them help. But if they're still just totally unwilling to to take that help, that's a whole other story. But Well, and speaking as someone who has family, who has who has and does battle addiction, right? Same here. Without, yeah, without like, you know, mm-hmm. blowing anybody up. I think that it can be difficult to like even approach to or to 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 maybe this, that's not the right way to put it um but it, it can be difficult like again if that person doesn't want help yeah you know i'm not yeah ultimately uh, it's up your to own the individual. Fucking gym you know yeah. like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna press this shit on you if you're just gonna be a dick to me for thinking that you should get clean you know yeah. then fuck you like i don't i don't care like that's you yeah. fucking shoot up if that's what you want to be doing that's not my gym but don't expect me to to be a part of that, you know, don't expect me to play into this because I'm not going to, I'm not going to be involved in it. I'm like, so let's get real philosophical here for a minute. Most of the addiction talk that we, we usually focus on on society is things like heroin and those hardcore, you know, very destructive drugs and stuff like that. Well, what about things like, I mean, alcohol's number one. I mean, that's probably the number one most addictive substance on the planet. Alcohol, I would probably say. For sure. Yeah. But what about stuff like, Caffeine and nicotine. Yeah. Nicotine is another one. You my wife hassles me all the time for my nicotine addiction. Yeah. And it is what it is and I understand it and I know she doesn't like it. But th- this is one of those things where if I'm not willing to, you know, be like, well, I'll just I'll just quit next week or I'll quit. You know, right now I'm not ready to quit. And I yeah. can understand that coming from, you know, an addiction that isn't necessarily killing me. Yeah. And I mean, you never know. This, I guess the science is still kind of out on some of it. But not necessarily. You know, because I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. Especially, which yeah, massive, you know, but tobacco salts or whatever. I mean, this is about as pure nicotine as you can get. Yeah. Just crystallized nicotine from a tobacco leaf. Right. There's no smoking process or no nothing. There's no additives. There's, it's just, I think there's like some peppermint crystals in there too. But, but I mean, that, it's still an addiction. And, like, if I run out of my supply, which happens from time to time, you know, you go 24 hours. I mean, I can go without it. It's just I'm going to be in a really shitty mood. And I'm going to be angry and I'm not going to sleep yeah. for about two weeks and then it's all fine again. Um, the cravings never go away. But still, you know, you're not – you don't need it. You don't feel like that need all the time anymore. Right. But how does that compare to, like, a heroin addiction? What do you mean? In like your mind. Not- you know, like an, an illicit drug addiction versus an addiction to things that are legal. I, f- I mean, I feel the same type of way about it that, I mean, you know, I don't, I'm not going to support your habit. Like, I don't, you know, this, because this is not something that is actively lethal to your health, like you said. I don't, because you have a vested interest I don't, in my yeah, I don't have now. a problem, <laughs> you know, like with being a part of like you doing that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't stay buying this shit for you if you didn't have the money, but you were like, every time I saw you, you were like, hey, will you buy me a can of those fucking things? You know, hey, will you buy me a can of those fucking things? Because you didn't have the money. I wouldn't do that because mm-hmm. that's not my fucking problem totally that you're addicted different, to this yeah. shit. Like, and I would do the same thing with somebody that, hey, 
do you know can i get 10 bucks so i can go buy a fucking pint down at the store you know no, no that's not my fucking no. deal that you want to go and get drunk like that's not my shit you know i feel the same way but when it comes to methamphetamines heroin i mean meth is a big thing around here you know that um yeah that's not my jam like that's not you know i don't have nothing to do with that like that's so so meth to kind of pivot off of that are were you done talking about addiction um yeah i think so um just i don't think that it i don't know i just don't think it's that big of a deal you know yeah not that her life is not that big of a deal that's not what i'm saying but just the whole thing i think is kind of overblown with people pouring out and such support and there was somebody who lives in my town i don't remember who it was um that it just it came up on like my twitter feed then said something like like you guys care more about like a celebrity overdose than like people in your own town that are overdosing every day you know they're not wrong it's true you know and that's yeah that's that's why i don't think that this matters because why it matters because she's famous like i don't Like, what if I got six family members? I, I don't, but, like, what if I got six family members that would die from a drug overdose? Like, yeah. why does that not matter? But sh- this matters because she's famous, you know? Yeah. You know, her family doesn't even want anybody to be talking about it, but for some reason this is a huge fucking deal, you know? Yeah, it's that, that fucking weird paradox of celebrity. Yeah. I don't I don't get it. But, yeah, not to, not to shit on somebody going through an OD and addictive nah, situation, but no, I just don't really care. That. That's because I saw that on Philip DeFranco the other day. I talked about it. Yeah. And I think that was semi his kind of view too, but... Um, it's just not my shit. It's just not... I don't care. Don't I don't care. do with me. Yeah. You know, if it's somebody that I care about, I'll, you know, look into it. You know, if you started boozing real hard... Yeah. I'd be like, bro, we need to talk. You got to be chill. That's different. That. Yeah. But when it's, yeah, some random random celebrity, honestly, I don't, I don't really care. Like, right. it sucks... Especially if you're a big fan of theirs, and you know what if they die, and you know like Robin Williams, um, that I don't think that was an addiction scenario, but that was like a celebrity death that kind of affected me or a Bourdain yeah. situation. Like when all, all of a sudden somebody does something in their life to end their life or to to do to put their life in jeopardy, like get addicted to hardcore drugs or something like that, that has the possibility of taking them out of the game and now you as a consumer of their entertainment or whatever now don't have anymore i could see how you can be kind of pissed off about it or want to support them or something but at the end of the day it doesn't really matter right because they're not in your life really at all and there's nothing wrong with like you know like you said if it is something that you like there's nothing wrong with you know sending out a tweet and just being like yo fucking prayers for demi or whatever like yeah it doesn't matter but i don't think that that though that should be more important to you than like, yeah. the things that are happening right in front of you, you know. And as unfortunate as as it might be to hear like, that tweet of support that you sent out, probably isn't going to change anything. <laughs> They're probably not even going to see it, man. Not unless you're one of them blue check mark people. If it makes you feel good, that's all right. Yeah, screw so, it. Just do you. Know, you, you know? Outpour of good faith to everyone. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> do you have more pop culture? So much. No, I just had one big one I want to hit. Um, Facebook is losing money. Yeah. I mean, not quite. But they're starting to lose money. They're just... The big thing is they didn't meet their earning projections for last quarter. Yeah. For the, the quarter ending in June. That's what it was. And it doesn't mean anything necessarily. They Their stock price kind of took a, a huge hit. The um, overall market value of Facebook 
um, shed $130 billion in market value. And that, I mean, that's not even that much yeah. <laughs> for them. But, I mean, it's hard to hurt. It's, it's weird to think about $130 billion in market value lost over two days. Mark Zuckerberg himself lost $16.8 billion in net worth value, which dropped him down from the third richest man on the planet to the sixth. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, but the loss itself, the $130 billion loss in market value, is three times the total value of Ford Motor Company. Fuck. Just to put it in fucking perspective for you. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And that's just the loss in their earnings. In their earning projection. Projections. Yes. Like I was saying, they didn't lose money. um, They They just just didn't didn't make as much as the the analysts had thought so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of dollars, It's the first time they've missed that bar since 2015. Um, They posted record sales of $13.23 billion for three months for a three-month quarter ending in June, short of, yeah, just short of the $13.3 billion that Wall Street anticipated. So it was $0.1 billion less than what they, yeah, and because of that, their stock price dropped like that, and they lost $130 billion worth of value. And And this... It's important to remember, this is all market value type shit. This is Wall Street talk. This is not, not real dollars. money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I did learn something interesting while looking into that. Um, big shout out to Philly D for and all of his researchers for kind of putting me on this path. But Facebook's number one social media adversary is Instagram. Instagram is owned by Facebook. Yes. And so their number one adversary is owned by them. That's and, a good spot to be in. Yeah. They bought Instagram for the low, low price of $1 billion. $1 billion? And today, analysts predict that if Instagram was still its own private company, it would be worth $100 billion. Uh, they have on Instagram, the ad revenue on Instagram alone is reportedly four times more than f- that of Facebook this year. Man. Well, they're got to be easier to put out there because you yeah. just roll right through them. And they have Instagram. less monthly users. It's very interesting. I like Instagram. The Instagram is much better than that BS Facebook thing. Hi, Facebook. Love you. Fuck Facebook. <laughs> Fuck Facebook right in the face. Watch our live seen... stream drops right now. <laughs> okay. Have you ever seen Funny that. People? Uh, no. Oh, I've heard of it, but never um, seen it. Well, Seth Rogen like writes jokes for Adam Sandler, mm-hmm. and Adam Sandler goes to do a, a Facebook event, and Seth Rogen is like, "You should when you're up there, you should say fuck Facebook, <laughs> fuck Facebook right in the face." <laughs> uh, so that was my pop culture: is Facebook lost money, but not really. Word. It's very interesting stuff, though. Three times. The value of Ford Mortar Company. That, that's a lot of dollars, dude. That's that is wild. so much. That's quite a perspective. And that's just how much they lost in market value. Yeah. Oh, that hurts my brain. Did you watch anything this week? <sighs> no, man. I don't think I've even watched a minute of any show other than Philip DeFranco. Always time for Philly D. Always. That's my daily, that's my daily intake. And it's 15 to 20 minutes. <clears throat> and that's all I have time for. Yeah. Word. Well, are you ready for sports then? Okay, let's do it. Sports. I love sports right now. Word. That Mariners game put me, man, 
I want to go to more Mariners games. Yeah, that was so, so much fun. So you did you did that part because I didn't write shit down about the Mariners. <laughs> I'm so focused on football right now; it's dumb. Uh, well, it's because it's gearing up. We're getting yeah. close. Uh, yeah, I like I said, we got the draft like the draft day picked out. Um, mm-hmm. Shit's cracking. I'm gonna order the draft kit on Wednesday, um, and everything is gonna be 26. Yep, 26. Nice. Yep, yeah, I'm going to order the draft kit this week, and whoop, everything's going to be here, and it's going to be sick nasty. Um, Get the big board again? Yep. Oh, it's going to be sweet. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so we'll go with the LaShawn McCoy update first. Uh, nothing's really happened. He's, he's been up at training camp and everything. Okay. Uh, it says that he feels confident that he's going to play in the season and doesn't, you know, doesn't it's not scared that anything's gonna happen it's uh i mean the coaches and the gm seem like they're they're confident that he's gonna be there so it doesn't so far you know it doesn't look like anything is really coming of him being involved yeah. in what happened at his house um you know we talked about it in the, left, in the episodes before if you guys want to look at that you can go to the sports parts of the of the episode before um seek one barkley wait last, we didn't do a sports last week uh, we did a special sports last yeah, week. Yeah, and that'll be up soon because um, <laughs> I, I got it ready. I just haven't put it up there yet because um, we never talked about putting it up. As, anyway, yeah, uh, we ran out. We but, went really long last week. So yeah, uh, Dawn and Morgan did a s- separate sports show, which we're going to throw up here in a couple days, probably yeah. anytime. Yeah. Same day I put up my fucking blog post. <laughs> um, uh, but we, we did talk about it the week before that. Um, that Saquon Barkley, he's the the rookie running back for the Giants. He said that he wasn't going to show up to camp unless he got his rookie contract. Mm. Um, and so he signed a contract, uh, four years, $31.2 million, fully guaranteed. Nice. He's getting all the dollars, which all is All the dollars. Um, Even if he gets hurt first day? I believe so, yeah. I think that's fully how that works, right? All that guaranteed Fully money. guaranteed, yeah. Um, Julio Jones, which... I'm pretty sure that he signed a contract that I just think that I didn't write down. But when I wrote this down, Julio said that he wasn't going to show up to training camp unless he unless they looked at his contract. Hmm. Um, and I'll have to fact check that on Tuesday, see what the updates are from that, because I think there was something more to that. Uh, Todd Gurley, who was the running back for the Rams, he signed. Yeah, I'm just going to put this over here so I can face the microphone. Todd Gurley <laughs> signed a four-year, $60 million contract extension with the Rams. He's going to be there for a while. Uh, the Jets rookie quarterback Sam Darnold said that he isn't going to show up to camp until he gets a rookie deal. Um, and I don't think that anything has come of that yet. Man, um, everybody's holding out. Yeah. Uh, Earl Thomas, right? Free safety. Earl Thomas in Seattle. Uh, he said that he, he was done with Seattle. He said that he was willing to put his house up on the market. Um, and then, like, the the administration for the Seahawks came out and said they weren't going to deal with his contract this offseason. <laughs> but so, that sucks. Um, and, I mean, I don't – I don't know. Everybody has all kinds of different opinions. I, I don't like this, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't like the idea of everybody from the Legion of Boom being gone pretty much. Yeah. Or, excuse me, but – Hey, we don't need this, you know. I mean, not not at a time where we're trying to like get the team focused, get shit going. No, man, you know, we don't need shit like this. Here. All I this love crap Thomas, is such a distraction. You know? I know. I love Earl Thomas, but this no, don't need this shit. And I, I mean, we couldn't get. He's it. It brings into question his value because when they were talking about shopping him around the draft, they said they would do it for a first round pick, and nobody would give him a first round pick. They were talking about two seconds, and nobody would give him two seconds. So like they offered, I think. The Cowboys offered us a third-round pick for Earl Thomas. We felt like he's worth more than third-round pick, which I personally feel like he is. 
But now we don't know that because people know everything that's going on and they're still not coming to get him. So, And if you would have just shut your mouth, kept your contract, and kept playing, you'd still have a job. You'd still have a paycheck. You'd be making money. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I so, get it, but it just still pisses me off. It seems so petty. And I feel like it takes away – it just takes so much away from the game. Yeah. All this off-season contract bullshit. Yeah. So, so we'll see, you know – like, I mean, yeah. he's a Seahawks, so we'll obviously keep updated on that. I yeah. do love the Seahawks. Um, speaking of which, our left tackle, Dwayne Brown, signed a three-year, $36.5 million contract extension. I love that shit. Well, boom. Um, yeah, I believe that we just acquired him in the offseason, so that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, <laughs> that him combined with Rashad Penny, you know what I'm saying? Rashad Penny is a new rookie running back that we got there. We have a good committee running back coming to this season. Um Chris Carson, we have fucking McClackers, I'm pretty sure, is still there. Rashad Penny is there. Kick-clack. Uh, um, there's a guy whose name, J.D. McKissick. Uh, McKissick. But I couldn't remember what his name is for for a long time. I couldn't, so I started calling him McClackers, and that's just what I call him now is McClackers. McClackers, um, kick-clack. Yeah, so we've got, we've got some good shit going on there. I think that things look good. Um, Hopefully the dynamic... Will yeah. will main will you know become strong again? Yeah, I, I think we'll be all right. I don't think that we'll be fantastic, you know. But I, I mm-hmm. think I don't I don't know that we'll win the division. You know, I don't I don't see that happening necessarily yeah. uh, with the way that the Rams look and the 49ers now that they've got some shit going on. I don't. I mean, the Cardinals are doing all right as long as David Johnson can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, Larry Fitz is back again this year, so I mean, they got some good receivers out there. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. But we'll see. Hey, that's why we play the game, right? Yeah, I'm really, really <laughs> excited. Uh, the Browns rookie quarterback, Baker Mayfield, he signed a four-year, $32.68 million contract, fully guaranteed. For the uh, Browns. For the Browns, yeah. He's all in. So we'll see. And he... Browns are going to be one to watch. And he probably won't start this year because they have Tyrod Taylor. Um, but depending on how Tyrod Taylor does, you know, those... Mm-hmm. They'll see. I mean, because if he's playing like shit, then they'll start to put in Baker Mayfield. But we'll see him certainly in the preseason. Um, we'll see how he looks in preseason. He looked like really good. He went to Oklahoma, I believe. Um, okay. The Sooners, like we we're talking about. Sooners. Yeah, like we we're talking about with Scott Pruitt. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The <laughs> so you just got to relate it to politics. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that. The Falcons signed their head coach and their GM to three year contract extensions. So. They're obviously feeling good about that. Um, the Eagles signed Kamar Aiken to a one-year deal. He was a wide receiver. He played for Baltimore last year, I think. Okay. Um, so we'll see. He, Baltimore's kind of been in a slump since their Super Bowl victory, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're still not doing so hot. Last night I watched. Um, Jordan and I were sitting on the couch, and I was getting ready to watch Mike Pompeo stuff, and I was just looking through, like, recommended videos on YouTube, like, so I could get there because I knew it would be in there. And um, there was a video that came up that was, like, the biggest NFL cheap shots, like, of all time. And I looked at it, and I said, fine, we'll watch cheap shots, and then we'll watch Mike Pompeo. <laughs> and so I turned on the mic on the, the cheap shots, and one of them was last season – um, Kiko Alonso, who is a linebacker for the Dolphins who played at Oregon, um, he 
went after Joe Flacco so bad, and Joe Flacco was giving himself up. He was going down for the slide, and Keith Alonso just slammed him straight shoulder to the dome piece, like Ooh. hit his head on the fucking on the ground, and like his helmet came off. Oh yeah, it was fucked. Joe Flacco out of the game. Rough. Yeah, almost started a fight on the edge of the field. It was crazy. I also saw one where Terry Bradshaw got picked up and dropped on his head, like directly on <sighs> top of his style. head, and oh. was like was like twitching and like flailing on the ground. Oh, dude, to, I don't like to see that. Dog, it was oh. like it went like fucking seventy whatever. Like it was like so long ago when Terry Bradshaw played football. Yeah, yeah. and so like all the pads are worse. The you know the helmets are worse. Yeah, he got fucked up, and he was out for like four games. Like that was it. Just like four games. Came <laughs> You're back, good, bro. Walk it, it off. Crazy. Walk it off. Um, <laughs> uh, Jeez. The, the Titans, their offensive tackle, Taylor Lewin, agreed five-year, $80 million contract, 50 of it's guaranteed. That is the biggest offensive lineman contract in history. Wow. He's a baller. He's <sighs> real good left tackle. Um, Who does he play for? Plays for the Titans. Titans. Yeah, Titans. Uh, they also signed their tight end Delaney Walker to a two-year $17 million contract extension. I like Delaney Walker. He's consistent. I love having him in fantasy. Delaney Walker's my guy. Um, Get him. The Falcons signed their, one of their offensive tackles, Jake Matthews, to a five-year $75 million deal. I don't know exactly how much of it's guaranteed, but it's just under. It's like that's like the number two offensive lineman contract. It's up there. So um, much money. And then the last thing that I have here is that the Chargers corner, Jason Verrett, is likely out for the rest of the season after he hurt himself during a conditioning test. Jason Verrett plays opposite of Casey Hayward, who is like top four or five corners in the league right now. Casey Hayward on the Chargers is nasty. Um but so is Isaiah Rhodes for the – one of my favorite things is sports nicknames, right? Okay. People get different sports nicknames. Um, and so Isaiah Rhodes plays for the Vikings. Rhodes closed. Rhodes like, closed. Called, right? I like Darrell it. Revis, he like just decided like last week that he was going to retire Revis Island. You know, like that's what they <laughs> called him was Revis Island. Um, and – the Jaguars corners have a name too, and I don't remember what it is. Their defense itself is called Saxonville because they just they were just monsters last year. Um, but like the old barbarian Saxons. Yeah. Um, Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boye are the corners for the Jaguars, and they are nasty. Jalen Ramsey is nasty. It's crazy. Uh, but I love shit like that. Megatron, fucking you know Gronk. I love shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but. That's the last thing that I have for sports. Um, so that's un- unless you have any sport. Oh, Kevin Love signed a contract. That's that's basketball. Um, but he signed a four-year, hundred twenty million dollar contract extension with to stay in Cleveland. Kevin Love looked pretty good last year. I don't know shit about basketball, so word. You know, I don't. I can't tell you really what his skill level is, but he signed a big ass contract extension. Nice. Excuse me. No, I got I got nothing. No sports. No sports, bro. <laughs> I talked my sports, man. I went to a Mariners game. It was dope. We won, and I don't think the old uh, Rob, you know, losing Robinson Cano. I don't think it's really affecting. Doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. Nope. Uh, Morgan didn't. She wasn't. Yeah, I was. Yeah, listening that. to that. Uh, your guys's little show that you guys did. It was. I mean, it makes sense to me. Salt of the sports, motherfucker. Salt of the sports. Yeah. Salty sports. Yeah. It'll be, it'll, it'll come out, you know, like I said, like tomorrow, probably, maybe tonight. If I go home, where's we'll what's up? Oh, <gasps> got the fish eggs in the mail, dog. Oh, you got your fish got eggs. The fish eggs in the mail. I tried we one. We talked about the fish eggs on here, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I tried one. It was disgusting. 
It tastes it like really, seawater. Uh, not even. Not uh, even. It tastes like straight fish. Like the fishiest fish you've ever had in your whole life. Mm-hmm. And like the liquid on the inside is like a little bit thicker than water. Mm-hmm. And like the film of the actual fish egg like sticks on your tongue. Oh, it's bad news. Oh, it's bad news all around. I was not a fan. Um, oh. And I told Jordan that... It's definitely an acquired it's taste. It's too expensive for me to continue to eat it with her. Like, the fish eggs are just... They're just expensive. So, yeah. it's... But they came, like, overnight, like, in a box with dry ice. So, they were, like, frozen in Ooh. jars. And you just put one in the fridge, one in the freezer. Nice. Like, two six-ounce jars. And they were, like... I think it was like 70 bucks. So, it's not super expensive, but it's not fucking cheap. You know what no, I'm that's saying? not cheap at all. Yeah. But, um, I mean, <clears throat> I guess as a supplement yeah. to your diet like that, that's, that's, I think, doable, especially for a, a short period of time. You know, a finite amount of time. Right. You can get through that and just get all the benefits and just, <laughs> yeah. hey, as soon as that baby's born... No more fish eggs, bro. Yeah, we won't be doing it. Like like Rhonda Patrick said during her third trimester, she did the fish eggs every single day. And so we won't be doing that because that's really expensive. Because she also bought – you can buy like a two – a tray that's just over two pounds. And that's like $130. Dude. For, yeah, for like a tray. That's like four little individual things that you can just like cut off and yeah. like thaw one at a time. But yeah, no, it's – it's not super cheap, you know? Nope. So I told her, like, it's too expensive for me to eat it with you all the time, but I certainly will try it so I know what you're doing, like, for the baby. <sighs> I wasn't a huge fan. They're, like, they're pretty large, too, you know? Like, yeah, they're, they're not small. They're bigger than, like, an Airsoft BB. Like, probably, mm-hmm. like, two of those. Yeah. Maybe three, you know? It, it's it's not small. Yeah, they're not small. It's When I go to the sushi place, I always like to get the Tabiko Nagiri. Nagiri? Nagiri? And it's just like it's the rice with the uh, the the seaweed wrapped around it, you know. Yeah. And then it's fly fish eggs, which are the super 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 tiny orange ones. Yeah. And I'll get down on those. I love those. But the once you bump up to the salmon eggs, it's not salty it's anymore. It's fishy. different, man. Yeah. It is different. That's bait. Deal. That was that was fish and bait to me growing up and yes. I just never been able to get past that. A lot of people have said that. Yeah. I can, so I can do the little the ones. Shop. <laughs> yeah. Just go to the bait shop, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Not the same. Don't do that. Yeah. That's how you will. Yeah. We don't want to go there. Yeah. Word. Oh, well, I think with that, I mean, all right, well, I, I got nothing else. Yeah, well, I'll give you a long one because I gave you a short one last week and it threw everybody off. I did not get that so. at all. <laughs> I totally missed it. <laughs> I think which was funnier than the actual line was just me not getting it. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know what, Colin? Maybe just stop telling me what to do all the time because if you're telling me what to do, then I got a lame kind of square dude Colin, tell me what to do and that's not really where art comes from. So I'm going to draw these eggs that represent eggs, bro. And it's going to be hella cool, man. You're going to like these eggs. <laughs> Are they going to be salmon shaped? <laughs> <laughs>